You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. It's the multiverse, extra timelines, variant cells, despotic tyrants from other dimensions. Well, it can all be quite confusing, but we at Imagine If are here to be your guides. Every week, we give you the deep dive on all the new characters showing up on the small and big screen. Then, we also show you the alternate realities we create with the stories you already know about. And don't forget, we catch you up on all the new comic books coming out that week so you don't get left behind. Tune in every Wednesday on your podcatcher for Imagine If on the Geek Elite Media Network. And always remember to geek out. Welcome, everybody, to We Have Issues, Geek Elite Media Show that's about everything literary. Books, comic books, web comics, manga, and everything else you might be reading, we are here to talk about it. I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my Star Wars sidekick, who is always at my side, Host Sway. Hello, hello, and hello. There's my volume. I couldn't really hear myself. Okay. Um, so, I, uh, again, I have to start off by saying a huge shout out. Thank you to our good boy, a good friend, Steven. He uh, gave me this incredible graphic novel called The New World. And I just had a lot of fun, a lot of fun time reading uh, <laughs> reading this book. It's by uh, Alice Cott and Trad Moore, who Trad Moore did a uh, Sylvester for Black. So that art style just like really was just a, such a perfect setting for the sci-fi world, where yeah. it's about some coppers and thieves that fall in love in this like really cool setting, and they just like bring down the system. At least like they try to, and it just made for a really fun story. So I really recommend the New World. <laughs> yes, definitely. That looks really cool. I'm. I- I kind of want to pick it up myself. Yeah. (laughs) So as you guys know, we're here to talk about comics. Um, Before we do, we're going to talk a bit about comic book news. I have a couple different things here. I'm going to start with, um, well, obviously, happy happy free comic book day, everybody. Yes. Hope you had a a good day. Hope you picked up a lot of stuff. Um, We're not going to talk too much about that. Because it was pretty uneventful. Although Josue did get to volunteer at one of his favorite shops. I did. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. It seemed like it. You posted on Twitter a bunch of stuff. So that (laughs) looked like like it was a lot of fun. So. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, but we're gonna talk about news and we got a bunch of stuff coming out. The first thing is, is an announcement from boom studios about a new limited series called power Rangers universe. Um, we don't have a writer yet, but the artist is Simone Ragazzoni hmm. and it's going to, uh, from what they, they've told us, it's going to explore the biggest mysteries, secrets and origins in Ranger mythology and specifically with the spotlight on the phantom Ranger and exploring their origin how they're attached to the Morphin grid and everything. Um, so that that's pretty cool. We're starting to fill in the mythology of it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, know you're you're more of a Rangers fan. You're a Sentai fan more so than I am. So I, I do love my Sentais. Um, and I kind of like how Sentai is its own thing out, out in the out in Jap- in Japan. But for us as Power Rangers, like we have this sense of continuity where we have to fill in all these gaps. Where like Sentai to Sentai to Sentai, they have like really no connection to one another. They're all like they're all they're on the one-off series. Uh, so to kind of like have these stories to kind of actually connect them, 
that that's what makes it kind of interesting over on the i guess like on the west side yeah definitely um it's cool and like i said getting the the origin stuff and i know mm-hmm. you really liked um the one that came out recently what was oh it? yeah um power rangers unlimited with yeah, yeah, about yeah. the about the phantom ranger about and the his phantom ranger yeah yeah it was actually cool yeah it's awesome so looking forward to that um they also marvel has revealed a new design for one of my favorite mcu characters but in the comics in this case it's design and that is umbaku I love Mbaku. Yeah. Uh, he's my favorite character in all the Black Panther like franchise. <laughs> he's funny. Um, so plus I mean the actor that plays him is incredible. So Oh hell yeah. Wakanda's getting pulled into the last annihilation, which we'll talk about later, by the way. Okay. Uh so the intergalactic empire of Wakanda is gonna enter the battle against Dormammu. And T'Challa can't do it alone, so he has to enlist the the use or the friendship of Mbaku, who many would know who was actually a villain of T'Challa's in the, in right. the comics. So I think they're trying to MCU him in the comics, which I think is a really cool idea. Um, but they had a new design. They released a sketch. <gasps> and I think that looks pretty sick. Uh, he actually looks a lot cooler than the MCU. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, because back then he was the one that he would just rock that, like that white gorilla skin over himself. And he was just like super underutilized. Like there's really look nothing. At the, look at the gauntlet going for him. Like, but that is hand. really cool. Like actually, like him rocking some Wakanda gear. That's really cool. Yeah, and then there's they did provide a preview mm. of a comic, and he is in the preview, and so you can see it there. Okay, he actually looks really cool. He looks sick, dude. I, I love like him. him. <laughs> yeah. like I, my, I, lo- I know when we talked about when Chadwick passed. Yes, we were talking about like who could possibly be Black Panther at this point, and my head said Okoye. But my heart said Mbaku. <laughs> like, I really wanted him to be Black Panther, but yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like now, uh, with that, with that uh, major news out of the way, we'll just talk about the little side news. Um, the comics world is completely changing. <sighs> and maybe for the worse. We'll see. We're not sure yet. Um, multiple creators mm-hmm. have announced that they are going to be joining Substack, which yeah. is a newsletter platform mm-hmm. and they'll be releasing their creator owned ips through substack um some of them still have obligations with marvel and dc mm-hmm. that it sounds like they're going to be continuing in most cases mm-hmm. there are a few that are kind of like what's going on here um one of those is um it's just okay chip zadarsky yep we're big fans of yep we don't know what's happening with daredevil basically (laughs) because it seems like it's ending but marvel's teasing the next step in chip zadarsky and marco chichetto's daredevil implying that they're going to still be there Mm -hmm. i don't know what that's going to look like i personally think they should rebrand the title as daredevil's because Electro's Daredevil now too. Right. And if there can be two Hawkeyes, if there can be three Spider-Man and shit, like why not? You know what I mean? Like And we're already kind of throwing out the title right now in the for the MCU with the Marvels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I hope that's it. Because they're doing a killer job. They're doing an amazing job. And to just wrap it up in what, three issues? We're we're already past thirty and it's ending in thirty-six. We yeah. apparently there's a there apparently there's a wedding that we were kind of expecting, but and I guess now we're rushing it. Uh there's I mean, Matt is still in prison and just and 
there's still two dare two daredevils to deal with and also with the whole uh stick prophecy on like who gets to deal with the hand and one of them has to go down that that's all too rushed and that, that, that's like really three is. four volumes worth like this is a this should have been a much longer run and i i really really didn't really have a, a mind to the whole subsect thing until apparently we're losing daredevil and that's where it hurt that's where it got personal <laughs> yeah because i mean we we had a major dc announcement as well yeah but that one less important to me but mm-hmm. yeah and only because at the same time it's like there's no way he would actually end the his his great indies it was like boy if he's gonna leave batman whatever uh good for him but now it's just like now i got personal it's like oh my god karma went around and came back <laughs> fucking harder yeah uh along the si- along the lines of that is um an announcement that people thought was about Substack but apparently is not mm. Jonathan Hickman Uh-oh. is stepping down as head of X. Yeah. And if Marvel's listening, I'd be happy to take over. <laughs> <laughs> you got to shoot your shot, you know. So um so the man who basically rejuvenated the X-Men and made them the most important thing in comics mm-hmm. is stepping down. Uh, p- apparently he this was the plan all along okay it was going to be a three event run for him he mm-hmm. was going to do house of x he was going to do ten of swords and end it with inferno that was okay. the whole plan all along and then pass the and he said someone else is going to step in real quick who would you like to see to take over i mean someone from Artie that's being from like the inner circle <laughs> like they they have to promote up don't bring someone in it seems like it's going to be Dugan. He's kind of been getting like some of the bigger stuff. Howard, maybe. I would like Teeny Howard to take over. I don't think it's going to be Teeny. Right. I guess like she's doing like big stuff, but it's like they're kind of like really branching elsewhere. She's not really tackling like the main stuff like like the way Dugan is. Um, it's, it's I personally, mm-hmm. I would love for it to be Kelly Thompson. Oh damn! With X Factor ending. Mm-hmm. They have wait. plans for her. They gave her trial of Magneto. Wait, Leah Williams? Or? Leah Williams. I don't know why I said Kelly Thompson. Kelly, my bad. Leah Williams. I apologize. Yeah. yeah no. with, with her doing trial of Magneto with X Factor ending, mm-hmm. I know they want to keep her in house. They've made a big deal out of that. Yeah. I'd be okay with Leah Williams taking over. And then the, the I think all of us that are really upset about X Factor ending might feel a little bit better about it if she took over. You know oh, what I mean? I, I, absolutely. Especially when there were so many like unfinished issues unfinished stuff that she that she had to still say during x factor uh dugan seems like the safe choice if they really want to impress like the fans williams is the the most definite choice yeah and then i mean there's some others out there yeah but it's also you know who was really really involved in the x-men stuff lately is vita yeah they've been having like their their few books here and there yeah uh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be Percy. He's too, he's too edgy to for it to be like the head of X, and they're doing, they're doing a good, good thing here. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like I think back to the Comic Con panel. Mm-hmm. Who is at the Comic Con panel? Oh, that's going to sure. be important. Oh, for sure, it, it, for sure, it has to be one of them. And it, and Hickman wasn't there to answer any questions, so I think yeah. it, ha- it has to be one of those faces. That's what I'm thinking too. So we'll see. Maybe it'll be somebody transferred over from. Yeah, you know what? Marvel, I mean, like you know, I, 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 now I'm really arguing. Oof, yeah, but I, I'm really drawn really? to I'm really drawn to the Leo Williams. It's kind of like, why would she? I mean, I, obviously, it's like it's Marvel's ultimate choice, but at the same time, it's like, hey, we need you to cancel uh, or wrap up uh, X Factor. Why the fuck would I do that? Because we might want to give you the the seat for head of X. 
Yeah. I don't want to get my, I don't want to. I know, but it's just like, I'm trying to like pieces, like, well, how this could make sense. But yeah, those are my two, definitely two choices. And Vita for sure up there. Yeah. So the good news is, like I said, Hickman's not going to Substack. Yeah. Um, he said um, uh, that basically he's moving on to quote his next big Marvel thing. <laughs> so let the speculation begin. <laughs> I don't even who <laughs> who who doesn't have a book right now, Ghost Rider. <laughs> No, I think it's bigger than that. Uh, there, I mean, it's it got to be an event. Oh, you don't event. Hit, take Hickman off as head of X to put him on Ghost Rider. You know what I mean? Oh no, I know. I'm, I'm just that's like that's just my I'm, personal. That's, like, uh, that's my favorite. Like that's, that's my just little fan favorite speculation. My uh, my theories are two uh, two part parts. Either he's going to take over Avengers again and do something big with it again. <laughs> he, I mean, he yeah, went yeah, pretty you know fucking I mean? like, huge last time. I'm I'm trying to think they want to recover Avengers because Avengers comics wise was taking a big hit. No one oh, really cares. I, I can imagine, yeah. Um the other thing I thought is what if he takes over Marvel Cosmic? Ooh, while Al while while Al comes back to being grounded on Earth with some projects like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I mean, we got Sword. Mm-hmm. We got Guardians. We got a bunch of other stuff established throughout other books, like He's coming over to Venom. Wakanda. Yeah, we got we got the whole chameleon snark war stuff going on, and a lot being teased. Yeah, so and a lot of it was set up under the X Men books under him. So <laughs> we'll see. And the other big news is um, this is kind of cool, and that this is something I'm actually excited about. And one of the instances where we can talk about DC in a really good light, which I love doing. <laughs> DC has a partnership with Webtoon. That's cool. And I'm a big Webtoon fan. Uh, They haven't announced exactly what's going to happen. But basically, they're going to have a Webtoon series on Webtoon featuring DC characters. And that's fucking awesome. Like, that's a really cool thing to do. I know that Webtoon already has, um, famously, a a partnership with Legendary. Mm -hmm. um, But also with POW and with Image a bit, too. So, And there's been several, several of them nominated for Eisner Awards. So... I think that's really cool. I'm curious to see what, what form that takes. Right. Like definitely what books they push out that way. Like I, I hope they don't do, if they go with webtoons, please don't put out more Batman books that way. Oh, you know, be Batman book. Like, I hope not. At least like not Bruce books. Like you mean any of the other yeah. Bat family, but just don't use that as another Batman outlet. That would just that be would actually be a really good realm for Batman beyond. Oh, actually. Yeah. I'll take that. One like, Cause sure. the way it's the way it is one long, like mm-hmm. a picture and you keep scrolling down i think that would be really cool so but yeah um so that's all the news i got host you got anything else you want to add um yeah i mean like just adding a little bit more to like the subset thing uh just the worst tweet i saw was uh what if saga comes back through Substack?" and i was like please don't oh god i saw that too i was like <laughs> like that's it's worst case scenario. And it sucks because BKV is just so goddamn quiet. So you don't, I don't know what he thinks about this whole thing, what his thoughts, his opinion is. So I was like, fuck. <laughs> Seriously. Let's not put that out in the world. <laughs> so, Please don't, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we are going to talk about our comics for the week. And boy, do we have a stack. Yeah. And it, we had a couple of light weeks, but uh, I think it's come back with a vengeance. <laughs> and when it came back with a vengeance, it landed 
with a boom. <laughs> nice. Talking about Boom Studios to start off with. And we got a couple of boom books. Uh, so I'm going to start off with my solo books. First of all, Firefly, brand new verse. Uh, this is number six. So it's the end of the arc, actually. And uh, it's pretty satisfying, I will say. Um, and it also, we finally got an idea of the meaning behind the name. So we'll get to that in a sec. Ooh, okay. Written by Josh Lee Gordon, illustrated by Fabiana Muscolo, colored by Lucia Dion and letter by Jim Campbell. So the main thing is, is the second generation of Firefly people have found this girl who was in a ship from Earth, a, you know, a arc with a bunch of people frozen mm-hmm. that were being sent out. Well, it turns out this girl and her people were sent were being sent to a different universe, a different like system. Oh, damn. And they were being sent there because it's rich with all the materials and stuff like that. Well, no one knows where this system was. So the bad guys are trying to find the Ark so they can find out where the system is so they can go plunder it for all of its mater- minerals and stuff. So that's kind of where brand new verse came from. There's a new universe, basically. So um, in the end, obviously, they outsmarted the bad guys. Uh, so, But now the Firefly crew knows where it is, and they're like, you know, what are we going to do with this? You know, it's at least a few light years away. And they're like, yeah, there's no way we're going to get there without being frozen in cry- Cairo, in cryo, basically. And they just kind of like, what are we going to do? And she's like, we do what we've always done. We go where the wind blows us. We try to make this verse a little better for who will come next. And that's the end. Oh. So maybe they'll do it. Maybe they won't. That'd be really cool if they go yeah. to a completely un- un- unpopulated universe. Like, ah. Uh-huh. But I've, I've really enjoyed this. I think this was a mini and I didn't know it. So I think that is the end of it. If so, uh, it's been really good. I really enjoyed it. Cool. Next boom book is a number one. Mm. It's called Eat the Rich, number one. Oh, yes. Please tell me. Created and written by Sarah Gailey. Illustrated by Pius Back. Colored by Roman Titoff and lettered by Cardinal Ray. Okay. You're going to really like this one. <laughs> um, so the story is, first of all, have you ever seen the movie You're Next? No. It's so fucking good. By yeah. The way. Okay. It, even like Liz fucking loves the movie and she doesn't really like horror movies, but oh, nice. Okay. Um, so the story is we have a young girl and uh, she's like just after college age, I should say, I say young girl, like a dick. Um, and she's on a trip to meet her boyfriend's family. And it turns out, and her name is Joey, by the way, her boyfriend's name is, is I think it was Aster. Yeah. So he's rich. He's crazy rich. Mm-hmm. And she's she was raised like middle class. She doesn't have all the rich instincts. So right. um, so they're going to the, the beach house for her family or for his family to meet them. And they're going to spend the summer there. And he's basically telling her stories and all this stuff. And she's she's freaking out because she's like, I don't know how to act around these people. I don't know what to do. And then he starts freaking out because you find out that he's he's in recovery as an alcoholic. He hasn't been drinking, so he's like freaking out. He's never been around these people sober, basically. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so they show up at the beach house. She didn't know exactly how much money he had. They show up at the beach house, and this is the beach house. Oh, shit. Nice. It's gigantic. And it all starts off a little weird. Like, they get out of the car, 
and she's she's carrying her backpack and one of the guys is like one of the the servants is like oh i'll take the backpack and they're like no no you leave this to us this is our job and she's like fuck and there's like lots of little bits like this where she's like i i should have shouldn't have done that you know like the rich people are gonna think i'm common basically oh and there's another bit where the nanny's having a little trouble with the kid and she's like if you ever need help i can help you with them she's like no this is my job Ooh, yeah fuck off so it's very much like very strict roles you know and when she meets the dad of her uh boyfriend he says you prefer scotch or champagne and she's like oh i'd love and then the boyfriend interrupts he goes oh dad she's not that kind of girl she'll have a vodka tonic and that's when she's like fuck that was a test you know i almost failed the test there and it's just kind of like interesting and so she's just really anxious about fitting in and they keep talking about the parties they have with the other rich people on the island. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they do is they have retirement parties for the help, all their servants, whenever they get retired. And it's like this huge bash, and they actually have a roast where they roast all the rich people and make fun of them and stuff. Huh. And she's like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> and so everything's awkward, and she she basically gets upset because she doesn't feel like she belongs, and she, she walks out. And then she goes down to the beach, and she finds someone i believe it's her boyfriend it's kind of like hard to tell um but one of them no it was an older man sorry the guy that's getting retired the old butler for somebody mm-hmm. they stab him to death Shit. and it's and it's all the rich men none of the women are there they stab him to death and they start taking him apart what the fuck? and it's implied they're going to cook him uh-huh yeah oh my god okay yeah so she's trapped in this fucked up situation. And yeah, this is cool. Like the rich people are killing their retired servants and the servants have some kind of weird, like I have to do my job. Please don't take away my job kind of thing. Yeah. So, what the fuck? Okay. Yeah. I got this cover, which is a variant. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, is that Jenny Frizen? I think it is actually. So, um, yes, it is. So yeah, pretty cool. I really dig this. It's going to be an awesome thriller. Might come back to it. it. Yeah, like it. Your next. If anyone out there has watched Your Next, it's kind of similar because Your Next is about a girl whose boyfriend has a rich family, and they go to his cabin in the middle of nowhere, and then a bunch of people are trying to kill the whole family, and she's the only one there with any practical skills. (laughs) Turns out she was taught by her dad to be a survivalist, so she's like this awesome opposite of every other girl in a horror movie, where she's actually a legit badass, nice, and is not useless and can actually take these guys and it's just odd oh, love that movie it's so good <laughs> so but yeah really really good i really dug it um definitely worth the pickup so our last boom book is save yourself number three written by bones lippard uh art by kelly nicole matthews letter by jim campbell uh so once again this is the the magical girl story where these three magical alien girls are saving the planet or are they no they're actually shape-shifting aliens that consume humans and their fourth sister gets away and starts um, helping the humans and everything. We've gone over it a couple times now. Um, one thing, Josue, and I want to get your opinion on this. We've been talking about the magical girl thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously the comparisons to like Sailor Moon and stuff. There's also a pretty decent comparison to stuff like Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. But I actually, as we get to know the three villains, which is what we did in this book more than any other issue so far. Yeah. Um, the thing that popped in my head was Hocus Pocus. Oh, they, a little bit, yeah. They come off like the witches from Hocus Pocus. Oh, for sure. With their with 
but they're each a, uh, each uh, own personality. Over, oh, I definitely got that. Especially like the blonde, just being especially the trio. you know, mm-hmm. like like she's kind of clueless, but always hungry and shit like that. Like yeah. I was just like, hmm, like so. I really dig it though. Like it's really cool. Uh, I love the the main character. It's obviously got a little bit of a cheek to it, like a girl on roller skates escaping alien monsters. It's kind of funny, but like. But I really like it. I, I'm really enjoying it. And uh, but never like handholdy. Yeah. Like I love how it's a boombox book, but it's like goddamn it. It's just like yo, we're just telling the story, and these are the people that we're gonna uh, that are in it. So like, t- too bad. And I fucking love like every like the relationship between the main character and the brother's boyfriend, brother's husband. Like yeah. I love how I love how close they are. Um, and it's obviously it's never gonna be weird, but it's like I love just like be be between their shared loss it's just like that that's just like what made them stronger uh being together it's like you're never gonna forget that one person so yeah i just and i, I just don't want to see this book go i love it's like where i think it's like a mini yeah isn't there like one issue left? i think I, i've been seeing out of out of four as well and i don't want to see this book go i feel like it's like it's just hitting a stride right now and it's like don't don't end it for me <laughs> yeah definitely i'm really digging it it's um mm-hmm. It's just fun, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. So, um, we'll see, we'll see. So uh, that actually reminded me, by the way, it's very charming. Yes, exactly. Charming is a good word. Um, so we have. I wonder. Uh, this is something I was going to bring up in news, and I completely forgot. Um, you might remember the uh, book that we really like, uh, Allison Leatherland from Black mm-hmm. Mask. Yeah. Um, so. Black Mask made an announcement. Did you see it the other day? No. So there's only one episode, one issue of Alice in Leatherland left. Yeah. However, the creator of it, Yolanda Zanfardino, has a new book coming in November. Ooh, excellent. And it's called Hecate's Will. And it's about a legendary New York City graffiti artist who has decided to retire and abandon her mission of changing the world through art. But before she quits... She's going to create a one final street art experience, a graffiti scavenger hunt through the streets of Manhattan that will lead her fans to a final message and artistic testament. Aw. So it, it looks really, really cool. Right now, I'm actually going to send you a link so you can see the art. I sure really like I just That's a great pitch. Yeah. And then it's also like it, uh, she gets roped into working on a rock musical. Like it seems like the kind of black mass stuff we've been really enjoying. Yeah. So... But yeah, I just sent you a link if you want to look at the art. It it looks cool. It looks like on par with everything else Black Mask we've been reading. Oh my god, that really! It, uh, if if it's the variant, the girl behind her looks like Alice. It, yeah, she looks a lot like her, right? Like down to like the cut, like the side cut and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. If there's like so, a yeah. shared a shared universe thing, oh my god, this would be so fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. So absolutely. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there as well before I forget. So. Uh, we're going to move on, and we are going to talk about a different publisher now, and we're going to talk about a Vault Comics. Ooh. Uh, we only got the one Vault book this week. Yes. Uh, but it is a finale. Yeah. Hollow Heart number six, brought to us by Paula Lore and Paul Tucker. And. The Pauls. Those damn yeah, Pauls. Yeah, the Pauls. <laughs> Those damn Pauls. Um, <laughs> The story of L comes to a conclusion, or n- conclusion uh, is not even the word. Yeah, <laughs> comes to comes just comes. It comes. To, <laughs> yeah, the story just still comes. <laughs> um, man, it, this book has been an emotional ride. Yeah, 
and we've we've talked about it and about like Mateo and what we thought of him at first, and then what we thought of him later, and like things have changed throughout this, and just everything L is going through, and how nothing will ever be normal for L. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was never going to be a reality for him. It was always going to be as close to normal as they can get. And as much as this is about those characters, the the emotional impact for me was with the other with the guards when L attacked them and killed mm-hmm. them. And we get the Holly died thinking about ski ball, you know, like Oh yeah. And I was like, fuck. Like that that really got me. And it's like how Donnie made a drunken pass at her and grateful that Donnie's death had been quick. You know what I mean? Like, like, Oh, like I was like, this is brutal. And then, and then an attempt to actually end it all that we're not going to get into too much spoilers, but let's just say this is definitely open for more story, but it's so sad. <laughs> but it's like, I think at this point it's like, obviously I would love more, uh, but in this case, like, no, just, just, just leave my L alone, let or like, rest. <laughs> or, or, or you know what? Like, I'll, I'll be the fucking bad guy too, and let me just continue being ignorant. I don't want to come back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was really, really good. I really enjoyed it, but um, yeah, it's, it's heavy. <laughs> it was just like it was so cool, like just being like it was like a twist, like the double twist, a fucking triple twist when you like just get to those last pages, like. <gasps> fuck me like and and i love the way how it opens too it's like i'm a lot of stories and that was every issue we were just like all right this book was more about those like this inner monologue inner dialogue of a story and then this one is like no let's just focus on here and now and what you feel about it afterwards it literally threw that right in your face immediately like this isn't going to be a big metaphor thing yeah oh man i was like (laughs) fuck like that was really really good bravo to the polls like right when i was like i was kind of maybe doubting this book but it's like fucking love this kind of endings yeah so twisted (laughs) yeah definitely if they had gone with another metaphor narrative Mm -hmm. i think it would have come off a little artsy yeah especially when like and this this issue alone tells like what two kind of three stories at once but not really but not getting too complicated not getting too confusing it's just like to tie it all up and then yeah to adding that kind of other metaphor would have been a little too much yeah but yeah great great job from vault absolutely Um, Definitely need some more books from Vault soon. So, yes. <laughs> um, next up, we're going to talk about Dark Horse comics. We got two books. Ooh, I got baby. a solo book, <laughs> Rangers of the Divide, number four. Okay. Uh, everything by Megan Huang. Ooh, nice. Um, this book was so good. This <sighs> really turned this book, the series, around, and I think, I think this opens it up to a bigger audience because I think it came off kind of like we talked about it before avatar the last airbender kind of like age Uh thing Mm -hmm. but so you got the you got the commander dude and he's um he's been preparing these kids on this trip for what's coming and um we actually get some of his background where he sees his daughter and finds out he trained his daughter as well and apparently she didn't make it basically Mm -hmm. um so they're they're traveling and he's just like He's like, yeah, we need to go. Let's move out. They're flying over the plains. I'm like, wow, it's beautiful. And then the dragon of one of the girls is like reacting. She's like, what? What's that? And she just thud, thud, thud. She looks behind her and sees this shit running at her. Whoa. 
Oh, that's, okay, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, and it's huge. It's gigantic. Okay. So they're like, what the fuck? And the, the commander's like split up immediately. Mm. Like, so, and literally he's like, don't fight it. Like they say, is it hostile? Yes, very. How do we kill it? We don't. Whew. And you're like, oh shit. And he's like, stand of the juggernaut's way. They're like, what the fuck's a juggernaut basically? <laughs> and it's chasing them. And one of them goes down. The twin, the one of the brother of the two twins that have been involved in a couple of the stories. He goes down and the juggernaut reaches down, grabs him, and just crushes him in his hand. And it's the first time we lost one of the characters. Oh, damn. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, the sister's upset and everything. And the juggernaut just basically tosses him and is like, fuck it. Like, and you find out that basically these these cadets have kind of been kept from a lot of the truth. And he basically tells them what's going on. And he's like, it's time. I can't keep this any longer. After the hell I put them through, they deserve to know. He says, the juggernauts are a level five threat. They slipped through the land before, destroying everything, including cities on either side of the border. Our brothers and sisters deployed to the nation of Vale to defend the city of Nalay. They fought hard, but they could not defeat the juggernauts. Nalay has already fallen. Our rangers have fallen. The few have retreated to Pretoria. We're not going there to repair. We're going there to stop another total annihilation. I failed to stop them before. Before, yes, in another timeline. Whoa. It's oh. Just, yeah. This took a hard turn for the anime. That's dope. Like, yeah, it's really cool. Like, I'm really enjoying that. So, so, uh, and it's getting, uh, obviously, there's going to be some comparisons to Attack on Titan. Yeah. But um, I think it's really cool. And, I prefer the design of these than the design of the Titans. The oh, Titans freak me oh. out a little bit. I don't really like them. <laughs> yeah, they're a little like those just, just giant teeth. I don't really like those uh, many teeth. Naked. I don't like the naked. <laughs> but this just got interesting so much quicker. I mean, you don't get a talking Titan until like season three. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, and then our other Dark Horse book is a number one. Oh, God, I love this issue. And it's brought to us by one of our best boys. Yes. <laughs> created and written by David M. Boer. <laughs> Art by Claudia Balboni, colored by Harry Saxon, and lettered by Lucas Catoni. We are talking about Killer Queens number one. Killer Queens, baby. <laughs> God and fucking the damn tagline, it. And the tagline will say it all, putting the sass in assassin. <laughs> yes, that's very much it. So I got this cover. Oh, nice. I got one with yeah. the cover A. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is our first like book for David since Canto has started, basically. Yeah. His first chance to do something a little different. And it's a lot of fun. It's, it's very adult. It's very goofy. It's so gay. <laughs> it's super gay. <laughs> I, I love, love that. it. Like, I just love it. It's like gay is the default in this world, basically, which I love. <laughs> so, um, they go to all the, the all women planet and the guy is just like this fucking sucks <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i love the monkey gangster uh captain bietti mm-hmm. uh, oh so, yeah <laughs> like he's funny i like all the animal like um characters what was it the his henchmen the otters the otters yeah that's right hench otters, like, otters, otters are cute, but if you get into like otter <laughs> videos you get in a wormhole that they're actually kind of fucked up so it's actually really cool out there henchmen yeah um and yeah it's just a lot of fun and they obviously stole a ship i fucking love this page right here 
Oh with, yes, with uh, with Captain Bietti, where he's just like <laughs> yelling at them and they mute him, and he's like holds up a sign. Did you just cut my audio? And he flips them off. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's so good. All I wanted was my ship back, and yeah, and it's just like a, it's the ship being rainbow, like the, oh, yeah. the shit they steal. It's like they're they're gay, so obviously their ship has to be rainbow. No, they steal the rainbow ship. I fucking love it. <laughs> it's just an awesome adventure, like through space, and it's super gay, which is and amazing. it has to be a fucking mini. Why <laughs> ongoing, David? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Let it sell. Let it sell. Um, this is, I mean, because to be frank, uh, I love Dark Horse, but this doesn't feel like a Dark Horse book to me. Yeah, no, for sure it doesn't. And so maybe it's Dark Horse trying something new. Yeah, I can, I, I can so. definitely, uh, definitely, re- I read that for sure. Yeah. So, but I we really, really thoroughly enjoyed this book. So. One of the best first issues of the year, for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, just enjoyable, nonstop gay space adventure. <laughs> yeah, and that's just amazing. So. Yeah, can't wait. And now we have two David Bower books on the on the press at the same time, which we will love. So. Mm-hmm. That's like a kind right. of, it just hit me. It's almost like Titan AE, but if it was like super gay. Yeah, did you ever yeah. see that movie? I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I got really big Hitchhiker's Guide vibes. Uh huh. Because Hitchhiker's Guide takes place part of it at the restaurant at the end of the universe. Uh huh. And this opens in basically a restaurant, a little diner. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, is that that's the vibe I got, which I love. If that's an homage, well done. I love. Well that. done. <laughs> so, all right, we are going to talk about another publisher now. We're going to switch over to IDW. Ooh. Uh, I got two books. I don't think Husway has any IDW this week. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first one I have is Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures. Number seven. Uh, so this is the one with the Padawans. Um, and it's kind of gone beyond that that story. The next arc has started. And it's more about the adult um, the adult uh, Jedi. So uh, mm-hmm. written by Daniel Jose Older. Art by Harvey Talabao. Colors by Rebecca Nalty. And letter by Jake M. Wood. Um, I don't want to get too much into it because it's actually issue two of this arc. Okay. Um, but it is dealing with the aftermath of everything that occurred. Um, everything starts to lean towards the Nahil and the Huts. That seems to be the recurring thing that's going on. Um, but uh, it was a lot of fun in that um, it opened up with a really cool like story of um, uh, a Jedi hero of old, Jedi Master Talbota, who'd faced down whole armies, and you know it, it was just kind of cool, like this thing. They also um, Introduce us to this character, which is really cool. Um, Obertuck Glee, who is a Jedi. And you can kind of see just his face here. Oh, that's a Jedi? Yeah. Sick. So he looks like a mushroom dude, right? With like uh, three eyes around? Oh, so cool. Yeah. He's like thousands of years old, right? Love it. And later on, there's actually a bit where he's just like, um, he's like, do you know why, why I carry so many lightsabers? And you don't really see a full body shot of him right away. And they're like, because you have so many arms? And he's like, he laughs. He's like, no, each one of these lightsabers represents a former Padawan of mine that has since passed. Mm-hmm. Because he lives so long. Oh, that shit. All the, so it's like his way of remembering them. He's outlived them all. Like, just not even yeah. just through battle, but just, damn. Oh, my God. I love so it. And then the other people are fighting. And at one point, this droid is, like, about to kill somebody. And you see these, you see this shot of these lightsabers just go through it. And then slice it up, and there's the dude, right? 
Let me get this full page shot with all these lightsabers. So that dope. is so dope. Love and it. it says, Very well then. What did I miss? <laughs> like it's just so cool. Like I'm really like this took a really cool turn because it really came off kind of YA, which mm-hmm. I love. But this kind of like matured up a little bit, and I really dig that. So. I mean, that's just like a cool concept for a Jedi of a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just I I, I dug it. So um, next up is Bermuda Two mm. uh, from IDW as well. This one is um, it's really good. I really like it. I'm I'm trying to figure out who I really want to share this with because I know there are people that are really like it. I think Liz would probably dig it because it's written in letter by John Lehman, who created Chu. Oh, okay. Uh, who's one of our favorite people to meet at cons. So. <laughs> nice. Arts by Nick Bradshaw and colors by Lynn O'Grady. So this is the one about the Bermuda Triangle, uh, where or Triangle in this book. Hmm. Uh, it's the island of Triangle, <laughs> and uh, these kids get um, they get shipwrecked on there, and this young girl whose name is Bermuda saves them, and uh, it's. It's a lot of fun, and I love how self-contained it is because they're literally trapped on an island. So we get a whole I- map of the island oh, cool. and everything. So, and you find out that they're not the only humans there. There's a whole city of pirates that that like were marooned there like centuries ago, and have continued to like live there as they breed and stuff like that. So it's a whole pirate city, and there's monsters and all this stuff. And the young boy's uh, whole motivation, one of the ones that is. Um, Maroon there is to find his sister who was taken by these slaver people. And but the main character is Bermuda, who's a girl who is um who's there as well. And she's like the one that knows the area and the kids like running into danger. She has to keep saving them and stuff like that. So um I really, really like her and her character design. Mm-hmm. I just think she's really cool. So you can kind of get a look here. Oh yeah, like I, I like the hair. Yeah, I like the clothes a lot because she's got these shorts, but you can't see it very well. But they, there's buttons down the side of the shorts. Okay, and I think what it is is they ripped and she had to repair them, <laughs> basically. Like because obviously they would be able to just buy new clothes. You know what right. I mean? Right. And then there's a lot of really cool like almost like Nightcrawler esque combat she does, like this fucking kick. Oh uh, oh yeah, like that's sick and just like. Uh, and all the pirates look different. So there's like one that's like there's a monkey pirate, like there's and no one no one no one asks for an explanation why there's a monkey pirate. Okay, so it just and is. then there's like a sumo wrestler, dude. What the fuck? Okay, cool. And she he's literally like trying to stop her, and she literally just tacks him out, tackles him out the window. So, um, but yeah, basically the kid, the whole plot of this one is he he goes to the pirate town and gets in it over his head, and she has to save him. That's basically what it is. So. But yeah, I'm really digging it. Um, it's also here. Th- this is actually the J. Scott Campbell cover. You can see the buttons I was talking about a little bit better on the side of her shorts. Oh yeah, I could do own personal stitch, stitch job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I'm really digging it. I'm. It's fun, and I just I just love John Lehman's stuff. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, definitely worth a pickup. And it's only two issues in, so it's not hard to catch up. Uh, so next up, no sway. Tell me. About passive aggressive for bad idea. Yeah, hero trade passive aggressive. In this case, just passive. Uh-huh. This is a one shot, a one two shot, a one shot two. <laughs> Basically, you have to go out and find, or if you want to do it, 
quote unquote legit, you have to send in your sticker, your over fucking price sticker back back to bad idea so they can mail you the aggressive other half. So this is still or this, this both sides are done by Matt Kent and finally a full issue by uh, David Lapham. Straight off David, David Lapham. Um, so it's John, it's, it's in black and white and just that classic David David style. I, I just I love I just love his bold, just very inkish style. Mm. It's just I just got, always been gravitated towards it. Um, this half passive is about this Russian, this, this Russian dude who is basically office space. <laughs> he developed he works at, at at this computer place. It's, 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 a, it's a company. <laughs> he develops this this, uh, this hacking uh, formula or this uh, algorithm. Puts it in one day at work and it's super strict because obviously you shouldn't be doing this. Or obviously just like his workspace is just super uh, strict as well. Uh, him and his partner are like, like this, I guess, like you'd call it her, his love interest. You know, they're not really like that. It's just, I guess, like his just friend. Um, she's kind of like, oh, maybe we shouldn't do this. He goes along with it. Uh, it, tur- it turns out because they're in Russia and his whole algorithm was going to steal money from someone from uh, anybody uh, who's rich from uh, in the world. Turns out he basically steals or I, but instead of office space where it's like pennies from here and there and they get a bunch of money, he actually mm-hmm. fully bankrupts Batman. <laughs> In this case, it's, it's, it's more like Asriel Batman and it, it does not go well. Uh, with whatever little leftovers he had left, like he just ends up showing up. Uh, it's basically, this is the hero. This is the guy. Um, and he ends up just like killing everybody. Like that, that's just like close to this guy that this is basically the guy. It opens up with him just being like at the. It, it doesn't disclose where he is. He basically just goes to Bahamas and just like to get lost, so he doesn't get found out. But he's just like forever traumatized that he can never go home or anywhere else because he's gonna get found out. Now, if you got the aggressive side, you would get the other half of basically the through the perspective of he's he's called the Watch, and you would get his point of view of him going bankrupt and then being like and then figuring it out and going after the hunt. So. I'm definitely not going to send my sticker because I'm pretty sure that sticker will be more valuable for a different book that they'll, that they'll have you like uh, send the sticker for. And this will be kind of right. a waste because it's just a one shot. As silly as it was, and I would love it, but it's more like each store got one or the other. So I'm pretty, and there's two other stores that do carry bad idea books here. So I'm pretty sure I'll, I'll have to go out and find them, see if they they they, they hold uh, aggressive, so I can actually go uh, get it that way. And yes, the other half, the the other oh the other mini story. The other mini story in the back, they always have like these, like this little like short story, but it's about this little mob, this mafia guy that's trying to get out of like the mob that he's in by like killing his way out of like the mob, the mob uh, way while having this whole monologue on like trying to be a good person. But it's like, it's like whatever. The whole point of it was about it's a uh, office space meets a uh, Batman. Nice. All right. Uh, and that's the first of the final five, right? This is the first of the final five. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right, we're going to go ahead and move on and talk about Aftershock. Ooh. Uh, we only got one book, but it's a big one. Literally. Yeah. It's physically large. <laughs> <laughs> um, written by Peter Milligan. Drawn by Piotr Kowalski. Colored by Brad Simpson and lettered by Simon Ballin. This is a one-shot, and it's one of these gigantic Aftershock one-shots. Yeah. What was the name of the last one? The one with the tattoos? Eden. Eden, I couldn't remember. It was in, it was like it was Luna. I'm like, no, Luna was the Merit Leo Levette one. Uh-huh. I was trying to remember. So, so this one is God of Tremors. 
Man, this was a this was a a read. Let me tell you. Um, I think I I liked your tweet about it a lot, and that kind of like like informs a lot of what I want to say about it. Oh. So we have a we have a young child in England. Looks to be a while ago. I don't want to say Victorian because then people will be like, "Well, Victorian." Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. It's an older England. Um, and he's raised in the manor house by what presumably is his rich father and rich and pious father, or at least kind of pious. Mm. And there's, there's a really good twist and there's a lot of good stuff that happens at the end. So we're not going to talk about the whole plot, especially because this is really cool and you should definitely pick it up. Yeah. But it is about him discovering he has epilepsy in a time when no one really believed that was a thing. Mm -hmm. You just need to pray harder, basically. (laughs) Um, it does have a lot to do with religion, uh, with faith in Christianity and faith in whatever else you might believe, <laughs> and also in the ignorance of men. <laughs> oh yeah, and just the expendability of women in the in that time. Oh, my God. So yeah, yeah, all of those for sure. Yeah, and it was really, really well done. Um, it's almost like. I'm trying to figure out if I want to say this. <laughs> no. Um, it's a really cool horror story. It's a really cool one-shot horror story, basically, is what I'd say. And if you liked the autumnal, you'll probably like this. Ooh, okay. Is what I'll say. Yeah. Um, very similar mood. And once again, I'm not a big horror fan. But I liked this. I like this quite a bit. Yeah. I think that this one for sure, like, just... <laughs> Um, I'm glad I read Monsters a while back ago because that one definitely prepped me to to just get into this one because it was just, man, this boy, just such brutal times and just like to just get it over and over and over again like this, like, fuck. And Monsters was just like dealt with a lot of similar topics, you know, very trigger warning. So it's like, I won't like get in, into details, but yeah, God of Tremors is a very heavy book with certain topics, but damn, it does it make it for a good payoff where it's just like, where like in the end it is it is about horror you're meant to kind of be scared but you're kind of like oh good for him you know like good for them in the end like in that own twisted way it's like oh shit what does that say about my morality if, I, if i'm rooting for this to happen but at the same time you're like yeah. i wouldn't want this to go any other way like fuck that guy kind of like pan's labyrinth too oh yeah mm-hmm. that'd be a good comparison absolutely yeah and i know you're a big you're a huge pan's labyrinth oh that's my favorite movie of all time yeah <laughs> so kind of like that you got the young kid against the older male relative Mm -hmm. and you know there's a disagreement there um obviously (laughs) pan's labyrinth is more elaborate with the actual supernatural forces yeah i'm I'm already seeing like it's almost uh, scarier not seeing them yeah especially because like uh, uh, the similarities there where it's just like her at the end of the movie when she's like going back to like the labyrinth and it's just like it's the real world. Like nothing was really appearing there. And it's just like, oh, it was like a similar thing was happening here. I love it. But at the end, and did I not answer his prayers for, am I not the God of tremors? Yeah. Loved so it. Cool. It's so good. Really, really I loved cool. it so much. Yeah. All right. And next up, we are switching over to one of the big indies, which is image. Yes. Uh, man, do we have a stack? Uh, <laughs> so I have two solos that I will start off with. Um, and that is, first of all, Compass number three. Uh, so Compass is the one starring the um, Middle Eastern woman in Wales. 
uh, on, on like a mission uh, to find the cauldron of eternal life uh, written by Robert McKenzie and David Walker art by Justin Greenwood colors by Daniel Miwa and letter by Simon Bolin. So basically in the last issue, she came across some druids and has to pass their little test in order to find the cauldron. They know where it is and they don't expect her to make it. But um, so she has to take this, this potion thing and then she starts hallucinating in this cave and stuff. Meanwhile, her old friend who conflicted with her in the first issue, she's also looking for it and comes at it from a different direction, a more dangerous direction, basically. And long story short, they end up meeting and working together. Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting. Uh, we, we learned a lot about the main character's background in this, too, because as she's hallucinating, it's always a good time to introduce like old friends and stuff like that as hallucinations. Oh, yeah. But basically, they have to work together to fight a bear with no resources whatsoever. So it's really cool. I really dug it. Um, the other thing I really, really like about this book is at the end of every issue, basically, there's been an essay about like what's being represented in these books. So oh, the last one was about that. yeah, the last one was about druids and about how people don't really understand druids at all. And like, it was, that was really interesting. It's like, it's like four pages of, of an essay too. It's really Dude, crazy. Bitterroot does that. Like, but with mm. the really great essays about actual social topics around the world, like, but, but mm. then how, like how they get Bitterroot into their essays. Like these are all like, like ac- academic people from like universities doing these essays. And then so, and so like they'll string in Bitterroot into it. And it's like, fuck, these are really dope. Yeah. Like this one. Cause the, the villains are Mongols. Okay. And so the very first thing here is it's easy to cast Mongols as matinee villains to paint them as a brutal tide of unrepentant barbarians that wash over history's proper protagonists and natural cultural borders before receding. It's also intellectually dishonest. And they go into detail about the history of the Mongol yeah. people and how that we, and that's, that's a, that's a group we never seen really given their fair shake of a story. You know what I mean? In pop oh culture. yeah. There's never been a Mongol hero, you know what I mean? It's just like, the other side of Mulan, and it's like, I guess that's them, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just really, really interesting, and uh, I'm really digging this book. It's It reminds me of um, a little bit of... There was uh, a BBC show for Robin Hood years ago that was really, really good, and they introduced the character of Jack, which is a girl mm-hmm. um, who... It's DJAQ, I think, and she she's a Saracen. And so right in the middle of all this group of white dudes is her. And I really was intrigued by that character. And my friend who watched it with me, we were like, I want to know more about her. Uh-huh. And this is almost kind of like we're talking about her now. Like this is her adventure. Uh, it's obviously not the same character or anything like that, but it's yeah. just really, really interesting. I'm really liking it. And yeah, I love the focus on like, it's in Wales. Very few things are set in Wales. You know what I mean? Like yeah. specifically we're dealing with Druids. We're dealing with, you know, Middle Eastern people of the time at that time, which is usually handled, if at all, not well. You know what I mean? Oh, like, absolutely. So, yeah. And then the Mongols, again, the Mongol leader is cunning and intelligent and he knows what he's doing. And it's just, oh, I just really like it. It's very fascinating to read. So, um, my other image book is the number one as well. And, uh, it's called Second Chances. Mm. Uh, I regret to tell Josue about this book. <laughs> because he's trying to save money. Um, so, <laughs> written by Ricky Mamone, art by Max Bertoloni, or Bertolini, letter by DC Hopkins. You might notice I didn't say colorist because mm. it's in black and white. Oh, okay. So, second chances. Let's just look at the cover. 
Ooh, okay. I don't think so I even glossed see this face. And I don't think I even glossed over this, or else I kind of would have been like interested. Shit. So it's it's very much a noir tale. Uh, I'm already driving, getting driven in. Yes. So <laughs> you got this guy, and he does the noir narration, which I fucking it's like my oh, favorite writing on the planet. Is noir very pulpy, yeah. Where it's like it always starts with a phone call, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, like yes, give oh, it to me. <laughs> just fucking shoot it in my veins. I don't care. It's just so good. <laughs> And basically, he runs an organization called Second Chances, where when one of his clients makes a, f- a terrible, fucked up mistake, his job is to fix it mm-hmm. and to give them a second chance. But he makes a point. No one gets a third chance. Ooh, okay. So his his friend is like, you know, I'm, I fucked up, man. He's like, what happened? He's like, just tell Mary I love her. Tell Emma. He's like, tell yourself. And you find out the dude's surrounded by a bunch of dead guys that got shot. And then, in a very bleed them dry way, these fucking ninja things show up. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, and they're sick looking and like ah, I love it. Um, long story short, he tries to save the dude. He's not able to. He gets shot, but he basically is, in the end, trying to help the guy's family, and. It's just, it's so action-filled. The only book I can compare it to is Bleed Them Dry. It's the only one that comes close. Well, it's a must. <laughs> like, um, Devil's Red you Bride. You to see, like, see this shit. Like, like those, those ninja, uh, or samurai ninjas, or assa- samurai assassins, yeah. they kind of remind me of a little bit, well, a little more high-techy, for sure. But yeah. it's, it's remi- bringing back also um, Devil's Red Bride. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, too. So, And it's just, it's just cool as shit and yeah i'm into it <laughs> it's just really good like it's just i this caught me off guard because i didn't Ooh. hear any hype on this book at all okay. i just saw it on the list and i was like it's the number one it's from image let me make sure there's no one i hate in the creative team okay, good <laughs> yeah i'll give it a shot and this was this is top five number ones of the year for me already Ooh, okay it's I mean, really good <laughs> like, I, I had back-to-back weeks of getting just 17 issues i'm definitely gonna get eat the rich and second chances yeah you should yeah i think you really like both of them fuck so. yeah and this one sets it up really nicely for a future nice i just love his whole noir thing there's a noir like trope of helping your dead partner's family you know like that's mm. that's a noir trope so that's kind of what he's doing i just I love noir. So, <laughs> and I think, if I'm not mistaken, out of all books that we share, we don't share an actual black and white book. At least I don't think. Uh, Future State Gotham. Oh, you're right. You're right. Future State Gotham. Yeah, that's the only one. Yeah, but I mean, that's a DC book. That yeah. Count. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to our shared image. We'll start with Radiant Black number seven. Ooh, okay. Written by Kyle Higgins, drawn by Marcelo Costa. Color by Natalia Marcus and letter by Becca Carey. So we got all of our four radiants together. Yes, we finally come back. Yeah. And I actually really like the I love the spread of like the covers. Or the cover. Yes, right. Yeah, I got that so too. Cool. <laughs> and basically we find out a bit more about how their powers work and everything, and they have to work together, and uh it's just really cool. We find out about like the portaling away mm-hmm. and how that, yeah, how that kind of works. We go to Tokyo, which <laughs> was pretty dope, which I know Josue loved the bit when they left Tokyo. Oh yeah. 
out of these two random things are just someone's like what's what sentai was that (laughs) (laughs) and then you look up and like them in the sky like oh wow they're totally fucking sentai there's totally power rangers (laughs) yeah exactly so um but yeah it's just really interesting and at one point two of them was it pink yes with him yeah so ready and black and pink mm-hmm. are teleported far away into space because they're the power malfunction and so we witness dope. a massive space battle it's so dope it's so cool that, if this is something coming their way is very ominous um uh-huh. and, and very fucking cool uh they're able to get back in time and then the the creature that attacked them it looks like that he was taken down and he's still breathing and they're going to interrogate him so uh man this book is so good <laughs> like, oh yeah i mean and it's like where it started to now like it's only been a couple issues it's only been seven issues and oh it's yeah a completely no, to, different book. to where it started to where it's at now and then to where kyle higgins has promised um his journey to 30 issues not necessarily that that's like his finale but like yeah. he knows what he, he knows where the story is going to go by the 30th issue so it's kind of like and then we get that quick tidbit that i didn't even consider is this shit coming our way i just thought they just went somewhere random out of the cosmos and they just witnessed yeah. that so it's like holy but, shit but, but he's been told by the suit when mm-hmm. he absorbed it shit's coming basically. yeah oh for sure so i love that yeah. that yeah i did like that each suit had had different powers like they don't really all mm-hmm. share just black hole powers but in their own way it's just a little different actually i just really like this book a lot and they might even share powers. It's just those are the powers they each found. They each, oh, you're right. Yeah. You know, like, and that's cool to me. Like, mm-hmm. that that tells you a bit about their characters and stuff. Like, Oh, you're so right. I, I dug mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Next up, Noctera number six. Uh, written by Scott Snyder. Art by Tony S. Daniel. Color by Tomi Umori. Letter by And World Design. I got this cover. Oh, nice. Yep. Um. So, last issue, our heroes found Sanctuary, or so they thought. Turns out, the guy they're with has been working with Blacktop Bill the entire time. And has been trying to get the, the notebook and plans on killing them afterwards. And so now, instead of having this awesome Sanctuary where they can keep the shadows out, they need to leave. They're mm. captured, and then so they need to break out. And that leads to an awesome breakout sequence. Yeah. Uh, Really enjoyed this. Uh, there's so many good little moments in this, and I'm careful on how much to spoil. But this fucking shit right here, where he doesn't see the thing coming up behind him. Oh yeah, he gets the comeuppance he deserves from the right person too. Uh huh. Like that was really dope. Um, I love the big reveal at the end when B shows up. It's so cool. Yeah, and what was it? What was it? Make it morning, boys. Like, it's just so <laughs> cool. Like, and I like the bit at the end, you know, Miles left to go resetting, you know? Oh, I mean? yeah. So, and just, I love how Blacktop Bill keeps keeps surviving these situations. He's just going to be the villain that keeps coming back. He keeps mm-hmm. coming back, you know? And, like, and it, it's just, oh, I just love this book. It, like, this, it's really improved since issue one quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I know originally we were both kind of like, this is cool. It's kind of a unique concept, you know, like, and, but we needed to see more. Yeah. We, we don't know where it's going. It, it, you know, we kind of felt like another post-apocalyptic book really, you know, yeah. like, but this one's found a unique spot. Oh, for and, sure. 
And they've also stayed really true to their mythology of, of all the light and everything like that. Yeah. Which is really important to establish that. So, yeah, really cool. I enjoyed it. Anything else you want to add about it? Uh, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed it for, what is it? This was the end of the first half, right? End of the yes. first arc? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. Uh, which leads us to, and I know why you didn't want to say too much about that, because you could not wait to talk about this book, <laughs> Homesick Pilots Number 8. Yes. Written by Dan Waters, drawn by Casper Vingard. Letter by Aditya Bidikar. I got this cover. Ooh, that's a good one. A distortion paddle. Ah, oh, yeah. love it. Yep. So cool. <laughs> um, so, in the last issue, we kind of cut back to our original hero. And um, what's going on with them? They were doing this cool like uh, trip across the country and everything, which I was like, oh, I really like this. Are we going to go back to the other you know, group? What's going to happen here? And I was wondering if we're going to spend a whole arc, you know, separate with separate stories. Spoiler alert. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we're going to come <laughs> back together relatively soon. Um, so, yeah, we, we got Amy uh, and Amy and oh God, what's his name again? Buzz. Uh, Buzz. Thank you. Um, we got Amy and Buzz chilling. And they know the ship is it, the the excuse me the ship it's in the water the house <laughs> yeah is, is waiting for them and really wants her to come back and she's you know she's struggling with the whole idea that she's part of it now if she dies she's probably going to have to go back to the house as a ghost uh huh which is really sad <laughs> like and then at the same time we got Meg and Rip um and she's using her power she's she's figuring out more about how to use the ghosts to make the nuclear bastard work Mm -hmm. and she's got this really creepy carnage-esque look going with all the red and the multiple arms and shit and like it's really cool i mean like is she being influenced now by the other ghosts yes exactly is she actually in control that's the question so and then Buzz and Amy decide to go to a concert. Yep, it's it's, it's been itching. It's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, which we've talked about. Half of this book is about music, so we've been mm-hmm. kind of like, oh, we need some music sometime soon. Of course, they'll do it. Why wouldn't they? Great you know, fucking scene. Great scene. Great fucking moment. I just it, there's always like little a couple of panels to, up to a punchline or something or a discussion. But this like getting someone from like on stage with like the mic and just a great yeah. message to just close it up with the three perfect words fuck nazi punks yeah so leading up to it we see marky which is the little ghost boy that wants mm-hmm. toys and makes his own toys and um yeah the lead singer of the band gives this awesome speech about basically fuck nazi punks yeah <laughs> like <laughs> going into it nazis fucking suck and then we find out the little boy ghost he always liked to make things and so when he heard some men on the beach talking about how things used to be better and how they could be better again if they were united properly, he decided to unite them and all their friends. And that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> yeah. He basically molds all these Nazis together. And everyone see the end of Wreck-It Ralph 2? <laughs> oh, God, dude. It's basically yeah. that with Nazis instead of Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> and it's disgusting. And it's like, back in the good days. <laughs> like It's just screaming all this fucking shit. Oh, yeah. It is really scary, and in the end, Amy discovers she does have a bit of power left and is able to disperse the Nazi golem. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I hate to use the word golem for Nazis because that's, you know, a Jewish thing. But I mean, Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, go- Nazi construct. There we go. Okay. Better. 
And so they're able to stop it, and they're like, "Well, that's cool." And like, I like the line: "Is this is this all dead Nazis?" <laughs> like, but then a news chopper shows up and puts them on TV, and Meg is watching TV eating ramen noodles, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just too fucking late. So I think she's gonna find out. She's gonna go try to find them, and we're all oh, gonna yeah. be back together again. And I'm gonna feel a lot happier. So <laughs> are we? Are we? <laughs> I mean, unless they fight each other. Yeah, no. I, I think Meg will, Meg will help them defeat the house. I guess. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, you're right. So, ah, but it's it's really good. Like going it. to the concert, the whole speech, mm-hmm. killing a bunch of Nazis, all good stuff. So, yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, it's just, it's just a good issue. Like again, I really thought we were just gonna last issue was just gonna be like one of those like when done keep them keeping them there while we kind of slowly get updated. But no, following them around was really cool, especially like the the moment where she's talking about the different ghosts and like the ghost that like what was it the Mrs. Garrison where she oh yeah with like the, with the disorder and she had to like almost like, had to like she would see herself differently as a different person and then she would have to like dress in that way. And, yeah. a, and then along comes the day when she just ended up seeing herself as Judas, the Judas. And what was yeah. it? And she dressed herself appropriately and like, well, oh, it just, it's so fucking brutal. So dark. Yeah. We're wrapping up image comics with a solo from Josue. Time oh. before time. Number four. Yes. This one. Let me get this. <laughs> the teams. Uh, Declan Shelby and Rory uh, McConville as the writers. John Palmer as the artist. Chris O'Halloran as our colorist. And Hassan Otsamane Olau as letter. So I'm just going to throw out these quick dates. 2130. 2093. Uh, 2141. Back to 2093. And back to 2141. This is a time travel book. And it's just like, it's so hard to kind of put these words together in a quick review session. <laughs> uh, but some of the characters are kind of starting to kind of like be a little bit more connected. Like the FBI agent that kind of like hijacked the, the time travel pod that got separated from a family a long time ago. Um, the person that she hijacked it from, she's finally meeting the asshole that separated her family from way back when. So you can see how all these dates are kind of like intermingling. And then um, the one spy lady that was the one kind of like that was going to sell them out. And then they kind of got the upper hand on her because it kind of became a two on, two on one fight. She out of nowhere, just like, uh, I thought she was going to be more of a villain, but she just, they kind of offer in, in this issue and you're like, Oh shit. So that one for sure. I would, did not, see, did not, I didn't, didn't see that one coming. Cause she was really the one kind of driving like the whole, like, like a uh, backstabbing thing. So Yeah. Maybe at the at the end of the arc, I'll be able to kind of put all these words together because yeah, these are a lot of dates that are kind of like jumping all over the place. But I do like it. It is just a time travel book, though. <laughs> it's gonna be the kind of thing you're gonna go back once it's complete. Yes, and you can put it all together. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna have to too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Nice. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and move on to the big two. Yes. Which we're doing a little bit earlier than we normally do in the show, but that's a good thing because good God. You, you saw them the stack of books I got here. So <laughs> um, we're going to start with DC. I got three books of DC. I think this only has the one. Mm-hmm. So I'll start off with Batman secret files. Number one clown hunter. Ooh. Uh, so clown hunter is a young boy who is currently taking out all the leftover clowns from Joker war. Okay. Which I'm, we're still stuck on Joker war, which apparently, sucks, but 
but it's fine. I liked this book quite a bit. Okay. Um, this kid also went to Gotham Academy, by the way. So, uh-huh. Words by Ed Brisson. Art by Rose, Rosie Camp. Color by Andrew Dollhouse. And letter by Simon Bolin. So, um, he's basically DIYing it himself. And he's, he's, <laughs> he's not associated with any heroes or anything like that. Um, he's stalking this one clown and finally corners him. And uh, corners him in this room and he's just like, evening. And he, he, his weapon is a bat. <laughs> of course. But he took, he took the bat and he got a hold of a batarang after a Batman fight. Ooh. And he s- cut a slit in the bat and threaded the batarang through it. Ooh, yeah. So you can see it really good here. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it could be an axe technically, like a pick. Uh-huh. Or you could use the flat bat side, you know. And he's basically hunting down the clowns and finds out that Punchline knows who he is and set him up and blew up the building he was in. But it only stunned him. And it was, she's like, it wasn't meant to kill you. It was meant to be a signal to bring all of the clowns to stop you, basically. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. So he was flashing back throughout this to when he's at Gotham Academy and when all the bullies are picking on him and there's like 30 of them beating on him. And that's what he's seeing here because all these clowns are beating on him. They beat him up. They hang him from a light pole by his wrist and they're going to kill him and leave him basically. And, um, it's great because punchlines talking to him on a phone the entire time and video phone. And, uh, she's just also, he hates Joker because Joker killed his parents. So it's funny because she's just like, why why are you doing this and he's like um she's like you could have gone after kite man basically and he's like kite man didn't kill my parents and she goes dead parents of course what is it with the orphans in this town i was like yeah that's kind of funny actually um but he, you find out he's killed 27 clowns at this point oh so, shit uh he spits on the phone he's like i'm coming for you they're about to kill him when all of a sudden they all start getting knocked out by somebody and then who shows up but the red hood Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Better. So Jason saves him and Jason's like, you need training. And Clown Killer's like, I'll think about it. I prefer to work alone and runs off basically. So it's a one shot. It's going to be setting up the future. It's, um, like, it's like they were made for each other. <laughs> yeah. Me and Liz have this opinion that Jason works really well with a sidekick. Mm-hmm. Um, like the um, Batman and Robin run where he had the, the girl. I can't remember her name now. Scarlet. Oh. With the, so. with the Professor Pig, where he put the mask on her and stuff. Yeah, that was really cool. It was a really cool run, and we really liked that, and we liked that dynamic. So I really enjoyed the book. A character I don't know too much about, and it's the second of these secret file books after the Huntress one. So we'll see what else comes from it. How old is uh, that Joker Hunter? Like, is he a kid? He's a kid. I mean, oh, it's like, it's like he's perfect for the, the bat pack. Yeah, I, I honestly kind of has a visual similarity to Chupacabra, too. So... <laughs> Also, yeah, of course, Deluxe Cover. So Nice. Okay. Which leads me to the next book, Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, Deluxe Cover. Look at that. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, this book has been so fucking good. Nice. And I swear to God, if she doesn't get an ongoing out of this, because mm-hmm. this is a 12-issue mini. Okay. And that's a sore spot for a lot of DC fans, because they're like, how is she not going to get a real book? Mm-hmm. Um, but I genuinely hope that she does coming out of this because it's been really good. Written by Tom King, art by Bill Cuis Everly, cut by Matthias Lopes, and letter by Clayton Cowles. 
So she's traveling around with the person that uh, attacked her, uh, nearly killed Crypto, and uh, killed this girl's uh, father on the, the planet she was originally on. They were just traveling around the universe. And yeah, it's basically a road trip with them. They come up to they come up to a planet where he's supposedly been, and there it basically there's this really cool self-contained adventure where they um basically everybody on the planet is blue. And like, oh that's cool. And then she keeps seeing references to people who are purple, not just not blue, but purple. And she's like, I don't see any of them. Or like when they sign into their hotel, there's a category for people for who are purple. And there's just no names there anymore. And they're like, yeah, it's been a long time since we've seen purple people. And like, <laughs> this is weird. What she finds out is this group came in that just takes and kills everything. That's their whole thing. And on this planet, the blue people have always been the rich people and the purple people are like the working class. Okay. Well, the people that kill everybody are willing to t- take a payment to not do so. Well, they didn't have enough to pay them. So they ended up paying just to protect the blue people and let them murder all the purple people. Of course. So, yeah. So she finds out about that and she handles that shit, let me tell you. So, <laughs> but, they, but then they uh, lead into the main story. She gets a hint as to like where the guy is so they, they know where to find him. So, yeah, it goes into the next step. It's really cool. I'm loving seeing Supergirl through this girl's eyes because the girl's the narrator, not Supergirl. Okay. So it's almost like a book of tales of Supergirl where she's telling people about her. Kind of reminded me of like, I, okay, I, I was kind of a fan of this book, but the, there's a, a dance lot Silver Surfer book when Silver Surfer takes like his girlfriend down to the cosmos. And you mm-hmm. kind of see, you kind of see, like because you can just make a, a Norn book, like whatever, and then just make, make it really deep and philosophical and shit. But to see like a, a human interaction, a human space adventures, it's, it's kind of what kind of made the book for me too. Yeah, uh, I really, really dug this. This is the one that definitely I was like, give her her own book. This, nice. This should be an ongoing. So, especially if they keep the artist because the artist is killing it. So, mm, cool. All right. And that takes us to our last DC book, which we both have. And this is, of course, Nightwing. 83. Nightwing. I've been waiting for this cover for so long. Ever since it was solicited, I was such a huge fan of this, this whole interaction of the cover. I didn't get that one. No, it's. It's like it's literally him like landing and it does like that thing that it does yeah. in all the panels, that motion stuff. And if you can tell when he's like just getting ready for like the big speech, he first he's forgetting that he has a mask on. <laughs> and then he just sets it in his back in his back pocket. So I just I love this whole thing where it's just like it does the thing that the pages do inside. That's awesome. So yeah. Um I got the deluxe cover, so the one where he's walking bite wing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um so Nightwing, uh, also known as the best book DC's putting out. Yeah, arguably, <laughs> but yeah, for sure. Um, so we're dealing with the aftermath of him finding out about his sister. Written by Tom Taylor, drawn by Bruno Redondo, colored by Adriano Lucas, lettered by Wes Abbott. Um, and basically, yeah, he, he gets in a fight with Blockbuster that he's not prepared for. He's able to get away. We get some amazing shots. Just Jesus this art, Bruno's insane. Yeah, dude. absolutely. Just, I mean, it is, I'd put it on level Chichetto right now. Chichetto and Daredevil. Yeah. It's different, Yeah, but Ch- I think it's just as good. Chichetto's a little more detailed, but at the same time, like, we just talk about the colors of this book, too. Like, that blue, or just, like, the way yeah. it just, like, just captures every single panel with it. Yeah, that Nightwing blue is just incredible, which 
again, we give credit for that to, to Adriana Lucas because they're the one doing the coloring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the interaction with him and Superman. In this. Oh my God. Yeah, I just got there. It was <laughs> it's some of the best Superman stuff I've seen in a while. Like, and it's like, what a fucking diss. Like he's going, he's going around like getting all of his friends. And it's like, hey, I need your help. Hey, I need your help. Hey, I need your help. And at the end, and then a friend. And it's like, it's not Batman. Like, fuck Batman at this point. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> Superman. So good. Yeah. Um, and then so Dick comes to an agreement or comes to a decision what to do with his money. And then we get this moment. Oof, oof, oof. Mm. Dick kissing Barbara. Mm. <laughs> he literally had Starfire a couple panels ago. Yeah. Two timing son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, that's what I did it wide. <laughs> Uh, but basically, he announces he's going to take all the money he inherited and he's going to start a charity with it. Yeah. Um, basically, it's going to be it's going to be used for a lot of things, but mostly to help with Bloodhaven, um, fighting homelessness. Um, I love the bit like why are you start with homelessness. There's lots of problems. And he's like, simple, because it's getting colder. And yeah. like, yes, it's, it's simple, but that's the answer. Yes. Yeah. And so, and of course, he announces it as the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation, which is yep. sweet. Um, and Bruce calls him, which is really sweet. Tells yeah. Him you honored him, which I was like, oh. I like that, too. But my favorite part was the Bat Family group chat, <laughs> where Cass only communicates in emojis, which is hilarious to me. <laughs> yes. So, and Jason, nice work. Before you give it all away, don't forget you owe me 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just really, really cool. I'm really digging this. And we get another tease with um, with the Heartless uh, coming after him as well. So, God, this is so cool. Yeah. Such, it, this feels like a Marvel book. It's I, I hate to be like that at DC. Oh, yeah, no, I get you. Just because it's good doesn't mean it sound, feels like a Marvel book. It just feels like one. I need to it shout out. It feels like a Daredevil run. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I totally get that. I mean, if, if Matt got that sum of money, what the fuck would he do with it? Like, he's literally the Robin Hood to fucking uh, Hell's Kitchen. Like, he's literally the protector. He wouldn't know what to do with that money. He can't fucking see money. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck do I need it for? But I and, did um, I did love the, Tim, the Tim and Damien responses, too, with Tim's. Always raising the bar, the bar higher than the rest of us. Proud of you. Only, only like arguably because like the whole like him coming out like I yeah, did yeah. like that one. And then Damien. Not that it's a competition, but you win. <laughs> Little <laughs> shit. I love it. Um, I'm really excited for the future of his sister. Me too. I hope they make a deal out of this character. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I hope she becomes a vigilante. I hope she does something badass. Yeah. I personally hope her and Jason start dating. That would be hilarious if she, if he dated basically female Dick Grayson. That's funny <laughs> to me. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to see what they do with her. Um, uh, yeah, I just hope there's a future there is what I'll say. So. Not me too. Yeah. All right. Next up is Marvel Comics. As always, we're wrapping up with Marvel. Boy, howdy. Are we wrapping up with Marvel? <laughs> way, we're gonna start with you you do have a solo book yeah you have the miles morales annual number one yeah miles morales spider-man annual number one this one is also written by saladin ahmed artist is luca maresca colors is uh fernando Ooh. cifuentes cifuentes a uh, photo bunker a uh, proto bunker oh, that's a whole name uh, and lettering by Cora Petit. So this is a team-up book and a team-up with another youngin, another new character that goes by the name of The Amulet. Do you know him at all? 
it sounds familiar. He's definitely uh, Middle Eastern. He's over on the Jersey side, so I'm not sure if he's actually been uh, been crossing over with uh, Miss Marvel. Maybe. I don't want to like um, mix up what religion he is, but he's definitely Middle Eastern, and the amulet is a whole part of that. So it's kind of cool how he kind of glows, how he kind of fires up. But in this case, um, fucking Sp- uh, Spider-Man. Uh, Miles is uh, decides to take a different route, and in this case, he's not really prepared because he doesn't really know this the this side of town. But only he, he should get to learn it, and he and only and because of it, he's like on a, just like on the lower side of the city, physically wise, stature wise, where he can't really swing from place to place. He has to like be jumping from rooftop to rooftop, so he can't really be at his full like spidey self. Um, right. He ends up finding, uh, seeing like this like cycloptic fucking um, beast. It's a little too strong, so enter the amulet, and it becomes it's it's that it becomes a team up. Um. Yeah, it's it, it's it's just uh they they go from photo to photo to, to get um to get to the bottom of, of this thing um it's just like some old old guy I guess he used to be a good guy but he's kind of like one of those like reform bad guys that's trying to do good by doing more bad than anything um but yeah and it kind of becomes like a little side uh story and story B of like um both both uh the amulet and Miles like home situation and just like mm-hmm. like. It'd be, it's one of those, like happy endings, like hope situation. Um, but yeah, it's like a simple team up. And in the end, there was a, because it is a, one of those uh, infinite destinies tie-ins. I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. The, the backstory is that, uh, infinite fury part seven. And in this case, if still follows Nighthawk from heroes reborn, we're following Nighthawk in this one. Yeah. Um, and he it's had a couple of these. Yeah. And in this one, he has his buddy Falcon, is teaming up with him in this one only it's actually nick fury's son the the uh, the six one six nick fury so they're they're after oh yeah they're after star they're after star because like nighthawk is getting wind of like the infinity the infinity stones now so after her uh to just uh, probably like to steal it from her they do only enter fury's plans and he oh wait no for oh yeah Antonic Fury, they, sh- they shoot her down. I guess like they kill Star, and then because also Nick Fury has other plans, he shoots Nighthawk. Yeah. O- only off panel, so I don't know if he actually killed them. But so I guess that that takes care of Nighthawk. Yeah. Um, so we'll talk more about that story when I get to Black Cat later. Ooh. Okay. 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 And it also says like to be concluded. So it's like the whichever next one is will be the last yeah. one. Yeah. She oh, doesn't die, by the way. He captures her is what happens. Okay, okay. Cool. Okay. Now I'm going to run through my Marvel solos. <laughs> Here we go. Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters, Star Wars number 16. Alt variant cover with Han Solo's wanted poster. Oh. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, written by Charles Soule, drawn by Ramon Rosanas, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and lettered by Clayton Cowles. I read these comics in the wrong order because I'm also reviewing Star Wars War of the Bounty Hunters number three. <laughs> um, and this one actually took place before the other one. Oops. And I read them in the wrong order and it bothered me because it spoiled things. For uh. me. Um, but it's fine. Uh, written by Charles Soule, illustrated by Luke Ross with David Messina, covered by Naraj Manon and with Guru and letter by Travis Lanham. So I'm going to read both of them at the same time because they're happening at the same time. Okay. Basically... What's happening is when we left off the main story of the War of the Bounty Hunters, um, Luke was Luke realized that Vader has Han. 
they're still at the auction at this point. They haven't taken him away from the auction. Uh, so he's on his way to basically save the day to save Han and save his friends because Leia, uh, Chewie, and Lando are all there as well. Uh, Chewie and Boba Fett have a fist fight because they're trying to be quiet so they can't use blasters. <laughs> so that was fun. So um, punching into, uh, what's that fucking plate called again? Uh, Beskar. Yeah, well, so punching into Beskar is the next quiet option. <laughs> as opposed to a fucking Wookiee. I mean, like, so, <laughs> Um, it ends when Boba Fett sets Chewbacca on fire. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, because he has a flamethrower. So, <laughs> so um, wider than the blaster, and it it po- pokes into a lot of things. But the main thing it does that it was so dope is, and I, I still love this. Kira, the girl from Solo, mm-hmm. um, she's the one auctioning him off. And when um, when Vader's like, I'm going to take him. She's like, yeah, about that. I still got to get paid. Are you going to pay me the million credits? And he's just like, impertinent fool, basically. And so he busts out his lightsaber and she does this shit. Oh, shit. Yeah. And she's like, she says, not everyone here is afraid of you, Lord Vader. Ah, nice. And they have this awesome fight. And she does end up losing. Yeah. Of course. But um, in the end, Basically, Luke gets close, and Luke is like, he comes to the realization, I'm not ready. I'm not powerful enough to stop Vader right now, Mm -hmm. which we know because this happens before Jedi. Yeah. But Vader reaches out to him, communicates with him, and says, you will come here, you will fight me, or I will cut your friend in half. Oh, shit. Yeah, so it's like, damn, dude. So I'm kind of serious to see where this goes, because, again, when they put it between two movies, we know what happens later. Yeah. So I'm always curious to see how they get there from here. So really cool. I mean, I'm really enjoying this crossover. So uh, next up is Guardians of the Galaxy number 17. Okay. Oh, man. Written by Al Ewing, drawn by Juan Fregueri, colored by Federico Blee, and lettered by Corey Petit. So what they what they found out is, again, Dormammu has taken over Ego's planet. Oh, yeah. And now it's just a big Dormammu head, which is hilarious. <laughs> it is. Um, we did confirm that Captain Glory is dead. The Kree soldier they let out of prison. Oh no, yeah. He was killed. Fuck. So they're trying to figure it out and all the Guardians are working together to try to work this out, right? And because Doom is a Guardian now, they find out there's only four planets being attacked, actually. There's the Kree homeworld, the Skrull homeworld, there's the Shi'ar homeworld, uh-huh. and uh, Spartax. Which oh, is shit. where Quill. uh, Quill's people are from. Uh huh. And they're like, why? And they pull them up on a map and everything like that. And they're like, why is this? You know, it's just kind of like, you know, the Kree homeworld is basically a construction site. It's basically destroyed. The uh, the scroll one is basically uninhabited for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Like, none of these have any kind of like real worth. And Doom says, why are they connected? He goes, what if there was a fifth? And this is the cool part. There's never been anybody, or there's not anybody currently on the Guardians that has magic expertise. Oh. And so what he discovered is the five planets, if there's if you pick the four of them and plug a fifth one in, <laughs> it makes a fucking pentagram in space. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> so it's a gigantic intergalactic symbol that they're trying to take over, which makes sense of the Dormammu, right? Uh-huh. And they discover basically if you take over the planet, his power is going to grow. And if they take over all five, he can basically open a portal to hell and have 
infinite mindless ones pour through. Well, I mean, or he could just take the whole universe to hell with him. Or you can, I mean, can you imagine that big of a gate to hell or to yeah. suck back in? Like, what the scariest fuck? Oh my god. Yeah. So they're all going to do their own thing, and um, they all split up to do their to their jobs, right? Uh huh. So they figure out the fifth planet, the mysterious fifth planet, is the Shatari homeworld. Ooh, okay. Oh shit. So, and what they find out is their their biggest fear, Dormammu is already in control there, because the the Shatari work on a hive mind. Uh huh. If you take over the queen, you can just take it. them all over. Oh my god. So that's what he did. So he already has control of it. And Doctor Doom had a terraforming platform put over that planet. And he's like, yeah, I've made a few small adjustments. And it's just pouring out Doom bots to go <laughs> attack the planet. So I was like, yes, I love that. That's his plan. It's always Doom bots. <laughs> always his go-to. I mean, at this point, is that even Doom inside talking with them in the plan? <laughs> right, exactly. So, And they're all doing the thing. And the best part is, is like, um, right here, uh, they bring up they bring up some lore, which I thought was really cool. They're like, um, blah blah blah. Here it is. Oh yeah, uh, Nova's like. Remember, or one, at one point, Galactus and Ego were teamed up. This cosmic team. They're like, yeah, the Eternity Watch. He's like, yeah, and he gave Ego the special power boost. He's like, yeah, Ego. I can see how Galactus' powers would be a warrior right now. He's like, it's not that. He's like, the planet had stayed the same size, but he grew a whole massive body underneath it. That was something he needed the Galactus boost to do, though. He couldn't do it now. Are you sure about that? <gasps> oh, <laughs> fuck. This crossover is fucking nuts. <laughs> oh God, I want this trade for sure. Like, all the collected? Oh, my God, yes. The next issue is Cable Reloaded. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm going to get that book, that issue for sure. Yeah. And then the next one after that is The Last Annihilation, Wiccan and Hulkling. Oh, oh yeah. I'm getting the one I'm getting. The yeah. Last Annihilation, Wakanda 1. Ah, okay. So I'm definitely gonna be reading these with you. These like these yeah. ending. Oh my god, I'm so ready. <laughs> I'm so excited. So crazy, dude. Like just the space plus the magic is just such a yeah, good idea. That's a great idea. Fucking ow, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, Spider Woman. Okay. Uh, Spider Woman number fourteen, written by Carla Pacheco, drawn by Perry Perez, colored by Frank Darmada, and lettered by Travis Lanham. Uh, continuing to be one of the best books Marvel puts out. I just fucking love this book. And actually, I want to take a moment here to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Between Spider-Woman, Black Cat, and Black Widow, that's Ooh. three female-led solo books that are some of the best books the publisher puts out. That's awesome. And that's really cool to see. And yeah. they're committed to all of them. They're all, none of them are six-issue minis or anything like that. They're all ongoings, and they're really, really good. So I just want to give Marvel credit for that. So. But yeah, basically, um, so last issue, we found out that Jess's brother um, tried to steal the research from her that cured her. Okay. Um, And he needed it for, or at one point she gave it to him for his daughter because she was, she was infected and, but she only gave him one, one copy of it. And so why is he trying to steal it? She's trying to figure out why she's about to go meet him. And there's this fucking dumb, but I love it moment where she's sitting there in this office waiting for him. And she looks down at her watch and then she says, I really should get a watch. <laughs> like, I just <laughs> love that so much for some reason. I thought it was dumb, but I loved it. Um, her brother comes out because she's at his office for his, um, for his company. 
And she's like, he's like, oh, hey, good to see you. And she's like, wait, were you playing softball? Because it's in softball, Gary. He's like, yeah, we had our league game against X Corp today. <laughs> and she's like, did you win? He's like, oh, absolutely not. Mutants are super good at softball. They always kick our ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was a fun little crossover. Uh, but basically what happened was instead of just using it on his child, he tried to break it down. And it was encoded, if anyone ever tried to break it down, to just fall apart, basically. Mm. And so the amount they had that he used on his assistant, who's this hot chick, and now she has powers a lot similar to Spider-Woman's, basically. And they're like, don't you understand? This thing could cure so much. We should do this. And she's like, absolutely not. And all that. Like, basically, it's like this corporate espionage problem now, basically. Um, and yeah, in, in the end, he gets infected as well. And he becomes a Turnion. Ooh. Yeah, so... This is definitely a setup for what's going to happen from here. Um, but yeah, I'm really, really digging this book. It's a lot of fun. So, Next up, number one, King the Conqueror. Oh, okay. Coming out of Loki. Yeah. This is a lot of fun. Written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Drawn by Carlos Magno. Colored by Espen Grundichon. And lettered by Joe Caramagna. Now, this one is a fantastic book. If you do not know who King the Conqueror is. Okay, good. We talk about this sometimes where like, this is a good intro. This is literally an intro. Okay. I, I, it goes I, back I, to him. Like it goes back to him post Iron Lad. Uh-huh. Like when he goes back and he's lost his memory, remember? Um, because he had to have his memory erased so he could be Kang because he had to be Kang, you know? Yeah. So, um, and then adult Kang comes in and basically takes him and is like, I'm going to train you. And he takes him back into the prehistoric time. And even though he doesn't remember being Iron Lad, he still has kind of the motions of Iron Man, uh, Iron Lad. He's still like a good guy. So they're back in prehistoric time, and he finds out there are actually human beings back then. Nice. So he gets to know one, and she's like, she's really sweet, and he gets to know their people, and he saves her from a T-Rex, and their like medicine woman uh, gives him, quote, a gift she takes some face paint and marks his <gasps> face Yeah, as the hunter. Oh, okay. You know? And then so I, I, I thought no significance of it. Um, but when he runs back to adult Kang, adult Kang is like, wipe that pathetic paint off your face. And he says, no. And they get into an argument and Kang ends up like open hand slapping him. See, uh-huh. but I, I didn't notice his paint is the same paint as Kang's. It's the lines. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that's the origin of them. Which is kind of cool. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's basically the origin of King and who he is and everything. So well, that's cool. Really I, cool. I and it, it, in the ne- in the at the end, he's taken forward to when King was a pharaoh when he was Ramatut. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of going to go through his whole history. I think. Okay, I kind of figured. I, I did peek through it, and I'm like, okay, I kind of don't need another King on King story. I, I feel like I have read this one, but if it's like a new refreshing tale, like I mean, that's that's cool because it. I definitely see like it's like the post Loki move. Yeah, it's going to be good for a lot of people that don't know what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, next up, Black Hat number nine. I got this beautiful cover. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so, this ties directly into the Infinity Quest we were talking about earlier. Okay. Written by Jed McKay, drawn by Sia Villa, colored by Brian Reber, and lettered by Farron Delgado. In the last issue, uh, Felicia actually stole Star, who was in a stasis coffin, from Fury. Mm-hmm. So Star wakes up and she's like, what the fuck? 
And there's this whole dialogue with Felicia being like, like <laughs> this fucking Jed's Jed's dialogue or monologues with with Felicia are just incredible. Yeah. So this one's great. She's talking about like super crooks and what they do is like someone like to show off their powers flex a little and like this one take the rhino for instance <laughs> i've been in three different meets with the rhino over t- over the years his move he crushes a pool ball in his hand grinds it into dust that's a lot of psi right there one of those meets there wasn't even a pool table at the place he brought his own pool ball <laughs> from home <laughs> and i'm like so good but basically, she she's trying to get Star on her side and just makes her breakfast. Oh. So, which is great. She's like, hey, you hungry? And so she's like, listen, here's the deal. You have an Infinity Stone in you. And I, I'm hired by somebody who wants to use your power to remove cancer from someone's body. Hmm. And it's implied, I think, that it's Kingpin that's hiring her. Oh, okay. Um, no, it's Doom. It's Doom. Sorry. Um, yeah, that's right. It's very heavily implied. It's doom. I can't believe I forgot that. So she's basically like, I don't have the power to do that. Really? Not, not, I mean, I'm not quite that powerful. She's like, yeah, but I hear your power gets stronger when other people with these stones appear. So we need to find other people with these stones and lucky there's three of them in New York, basically. <laughs> and star doesn't want to help her either. But then she reveals that, um, basically she has a sniper pointed at star and star will never see a bullet coming. So she can't stop it. <laughs> So it's just like very Felicia. And they decide to go after the other people that are, that have stones, including, um, uh, oh, I forgot his code name, but Bautista, he's, he, he has the time stone. And so they're like hunting him down. And, uh, what happens? He gets jumped by these soldiers and knocked down. And then she shows up and saves him. And the soldiers are like Fury's orders and stuff. And she shows up, beats them up. It's like, come on, Hector, let's go. How about we get out of here? <gasps> takes him off he wakes up in the same bed star did and then she made him breakfast too <laughs> just slowly recruiting them but what you find out in her monologue is the guys that jumped him were her boys oh pretending to be fury's boys to get her on get him on her side motherfucker so, it's so great i just love it um but yeah she's slowly bringing everybody together and i just oh, i love felicia she's so great like ah, jemma k's doing an amazing job with that character Final solo book, I promise. Gamma <laughs> Flight number three, written by Al Ewing, Crystal Fraser, drawn by Lan Medina, colored by Antonio Fabella, and letter or letter by Joe Sabino. Um, not going to touch too much in this because it isn't an, an issue three. Um, but basically, Gamma Flight is able to get back together. Is the core of what we need to go over. Um, and we get a lot from Puck, which is cool because I love Puck. Um, he's kind of get he kind of gets the narration in this one. And we find out a lot about the new member that just joined um, because she, they just saved her from the, um, from the fucking, uh, from the gamma um, scientist and her codename is stockpile. And yeah, it's, it's just really cool. Um, again, I don't want to get too much into it, but we do get a bit about the, who we're fighting, what's going on, what they need to do, everything like that. So really good. I'm really enjoying that. So, all right, people. Finally, we're getting to our shared Marvels. You ready, Josue? Absolutely. The Marvels number four. Written by Kurt Busiek. Drawn by Yildare Senar. Colored by Richard Eisenhoff. And lettered by Simon Bolin. Once again, this is the big crossover story with multiple different characters, including Kevin, who is the nephew, I think, of the Tinkerer. 
And he's kind of everything that's tying it all together. And it's all about Sian Kong and what's going on. The last issue we got was a flashback one with Reed and, and um, Ben Grimm. So we haven't really had a, a current issue in like a month and a half, basically. And um, it opens up with Doctor Strange and a very funny phone conversation with Wong. Where he's just talking to Wong. He's like, hey, what's going on? He's like, you're not watching TV, are you? He's like, what? What channel? <laughs> Any of them. And it's just like this giant dome over, you know, Sian Kong. And I love that in this big two-page spread, it's like checking in with all these different important powers. <laughs> yeah. Like Namor being like, it's polluting the Gulf. <laughs> like, and I just love that. Like, yeah. Uh, Agents of Atlas. The Agents of Atlas mentioned that one of theirs is in there. And that was Arrow, who I really, really like. Mm-hmm. So I hope she's okay. If they kill her, I'll be pissed. <laughs> um, but the new power in Sean Kong is lotus who is lady lotus from back in the world war ii days i Mm. believe so she was an invaders villain um i think she was in the first issue of this briefly okay like running away and escaping to here so but yeah there's so much going on here we get some spider-man appearances we get another black cat appearance um we get this crazy demon thing that's hunting them that dr strange just dumps on the mindless ones which i thought was pretty funny um and yeah, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, they all come together to make a plan. And Kevin and Black Cat are like, let's just get the fuck out of here, basically. <laughs> so um, it ends with Arrow talk, or touching the big black circle and withering her hand. And uh, again, I, if they do something bad to Arrow, I'll be very upset because I really like that character. Yeah. What do you think? Because I know there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. The, the part that really got to me, kind of bugged mm-hmm. me, was that like, yo, if you're not in the in the X house, maybe go and you're a Marvel. You're at the house of Marvel. Maybe go and knock on, knock on over to uh, someone who does know what the fuck they're talking about. And maybe figure out who the fuck sits where. Oh man, you're going to do that. I'm definitely going to do that. Like Xavier sitting with Exodus and sinister. Like what the fuck? Meanwhile, Magneto's with Shaw and, and Emma, like it's all over the place. Like this makes no fucking sense. Like, this is a quiet council. Like they know what seats they all have. Like it's not Maybe just one... just chilling. <laughs> no, they're not just going to meet up to just chill. <laughs> it's not a sign seating. <laughs> Isn't it based on the grade. seasons? Like they do. They are sign seating. I, <laughs> I didn't even notice that they were all over the place and it bugged the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, next up, Sinister War number three. Yeah. Written by Nick Spencer and Ed Brisson. Pencils by Mark Bagley, Carlos Gomez, and Zay Carlos. Inked by Andrew Hennessy, Andrew, Andy Owens, John Dell, Carlos Gomez, Zay Carlos. Colored by Brian Reber with Andrew Crossley and lettered by Joe Caramagna. Please reduce your creative teams. <laughs> <laughs> like Spider-Man books, you're killing me. Um, this is dope. Ooh, it's getting so crazy. Spider-Man's still on the run. He's obviously hurt. And it looks like, hey... We got some help. Black Cat, Wolverine, Human Torch, they all show up to help him. Mm-hmm. But that sounds too easily, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. And it's the original Sinister Six. Yeah. Mysterio doing an illusion. They get it. They attack him. And then we get a cutaway to Kindred, and he brings back from the dead <sighs> Sin Eater. Yeah. So, yeah. They um, he basically he's getting attacked more. Other bad guys show up. Uh, Spider Man's like you know doing his best trying to get away, and um, 
again, Sin Eater is doing the thing. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> um, basically, Spider-Man's barely able to get away, and he gets confronted by Boomerang. And basically, Boomerang's like, you know, getting up in his face, and he goes, he, he says quietly, run. And Spider-Man's like, what? He goes, run. He goes, oh, no, Spider-Man hit the button on my boomerang and exploded. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, boomerang's a good guy. <laughs> like, redemption. <laughs> like, sure. I really want him to be a good guy. I like I like, I like, like C-list villains getting redeemed. I yeah. love that shit. <laughs> Especially Spider-Man once. So, um, but then in the end, as he's running away, he's get, he gets caught up with by Sin Eater. Yeah. And help me here because i know that's the great gargoyle okay is that juggernaut it is juggernaut uh right behind sin eater yeah i forget who like the x-ray guy is i forgot like, um, the, one, the other one is the twister right uh what's his name it was like not whiplash because that's like the the one that they kind of combined him with but it yeah is yeah hurricane no whatever um who's the one in the very back is that supposed to be morbius i want to say it's morbius mm-hmm. or warlock no, no, no. He's so far back. Yeah. So it's hard to tell. It looks like, like Vampire Mobius. I forget who all went down when Senator was doing his thing. Because um, I, 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 for a second, I thought it was the one that who, the, from that family that was that was uh, running the, the whole Spider-Verse thing that first time around. I think I would take the helmet, but obviously they're not rocking the helmet right now. But I think it's Morbius. Mobius. Nice. So, yeah, basically another team of villains shows up. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> another six, like, fuck. Yeah. And I, and I, 36 now? Yeah, and I couldn't believe, like, I forgot that it's like, or even back then when Sin Eater was, like, ca- like literally taking down all of these villains so like, he can absorb those powers, I didn't consider that there were six. Like, he was his own one-man, like, Sinister sinister Six uh, man. And yeah. now he's literally rocking that team. It's like, fuck. And this team is also just as fucking scary. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> More scary. Yeah, raw, there's so much raw power there. Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like this like, is probably the str- alone. <laughs> yeah, this is probably the strongest team. Maybe. Oh yeah, easily, easily. Between him and Greg Gargoyle, Juggernaut and Greg Gargoyle, they can take down pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. So, oh, the Living um, Laser—that's his name, the Living Laser. Oh, this Living Laser he used to look different. The one, yeah, the the, the third one next to um, Sin Eater. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, I'm thinking of Living Lightning. Oh, okay. Okay. He was an Avenger. Uh, so. <laughs> Awesome. All right, let's move on to Moon Knight, number two. Did you get it? Oh, yeah, hell yeah. The Peach Momoko cover? Oh, wait, not... Oh, not no, not the Peach Momoko cover. I actually didn't see that one. I'm going to have to hunt that one down. It is very beautiful. Because it's just black and white, you know? It really works with her style so well. And the little bit of red from the blood is just stands out even more. Oh, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Written by Jed McKay once again, yes. killing it. Drawn by Alessandro Cappuccio, uh, colored by Rochelle Rosenberg, and lettered by Corey Petit. Oh man, this book is getting so good. Yes, and it's only two issues in. I love how um, it grew. Like not too big, but just like just the right people to kind of get more out of. Yeah, and I like that this issue is because the first issue was set up. Mm-hmm. This issue is. We're going to put Moon Knight in a situation and show you how Moon Knight resolves that situation. Yes. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the character. And he does it in a way that I would argue no one else in Marvel would do. <laughs> I, again, maybe Ghost Rider with the pen and stare? Yeah, you know, actually, yeah, that would be a good comparison. So basically, long story short, there's a mystery going on in the neighborhood. And what we know, obviously, that Moon Knight's protecting his neighborhood. That's his whole thing. Mm-hmm. 
and oh and also to the side we get really cool character development between him and his assistant that's what i meant yeah that was really cool too so um but basically it's all these old people all these old people just keep beating people up for some reason and he basically works it out he, he's um he goes to this they're all from this one building basically and um they run into a the janitor he's like excuse me holly he's like no problem sport and the Moon Knight's like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, automatically. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, Mom, you home? He's like, I don't want to talk to your mother anymore. We need to go. And so basically, he finds out that the janitor has the power that if you consume his sweat, he can control your body. Yep. And once he discovered that, he's been doping the building's water supply with his sweat. It's so diluted that it only controlled the old people, at least at first. Mm-hmm. Um, but then suddenly the guy he saved, soldier, is controlled too. And so he's got a gun to his head. He's surrounded by all these old people. All these people are innocent. He doesn't want to hurt them. And he's about to die. And he's like, you know what? You say you don't have any, you don't have an imagination. That's, that's bull. You just haven't found a challenge yet. <laughs> and he's like, Here, basically the challenge for the guy, you and me, brain to brain. I'll take the sweat uncut straight from the source <laughs> and basically see what happens. This dude doesn't understand what he's getting into. <laughs> yes. Moon Knight drinks the sweat. He's like, here's the thing. And he licks it from one of his fucking moon. So dope. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's like, you've never seen anything like what's in my head. And then we're treated to some terrifying shit. <laughs> it is so awesome. It's so dope. The- like, obviously this this shot the glory shot is fucking fantastic the way he emerges from that it's just so like the way you're this i was gonna say this is the shot yeah and no me too i was the hands oh i had that too just like just like the way your brain has to probably conceive like interpret this out of the sky and then to just get the page turn oh so 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 cool <laughs> yeah so basically the dude is overwhelmed and is catatonic afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> worked, worked out pretty well. <laughs> um, and he's like, yeah, we, we, we did it. Hooray. And then him and him and his assistant again have a little tie. Uh, they tie up the, the thread we talked about a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. And then we see an ominous force, which appears to be the other Moon Knight. Yes. Looming over it all. So, And he has got a complete circle. So is that more like of a full of a new moon type of thing? Like the actual That's, opposite way? Yeah. It's interesting because he's also chromatically switched. Right. So he's all dark the way a new moon would be just being not present. Like it's uh, like, yeah, I'm I'm, and I'm curious how if like the powers are a little reversed, if like he's weakest at this point when Moon Knight's at his strongest and the other way around. Yeah, exactly. So, so cool. So fucking. Yeah, no, like that that money shot, the one the one that you highlighted for sure, because it's kind of like, again, like we're seeing the moon, but physically but now something's coming out of it from being uh again like the way your brain has to twist uh, to just register and accept like that that is what that would look like here yeah dude and then just like boom just looking at the moon and then two hands grab <laughs> coming from the inside through. but again oh <laughs> i love it i love it so much <laughs> yeah that's twisted or also that like the way he, the way he just transforms too like the way he looks as mr knight the way he's like he's like the clean mask but yeah. you know like when this happens like that's the mm-hmm. trigger. Like that's the trigger for him jumping over, and it happens like one more time. Like he's composed there, but then down here, he's just like he gets that that sketchy feeling, and then yeah, and then it gets that. I love how it's just a different look, a different style almost to his looks. Yeah, I do like that his civilian garb is doesn't have the hood. Uh huh. It's just very business like. Yeah, 
but you know the hood is there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, it's there. And that's a really easy signifier to let you know shit's going down. Mm-hmm. It's there. So all of that. Next up, we're going to dive into our X-Men books. We got four this week. Yes. Uh, X-Court number four. Written by Teeny Howard, of course. Drawn by Alberto Foche. Colored by Sonny Go and lettered by Clayton Cowles. So the last issue, uh, they were at uh, the the presentation thing where they're going to show off their new, you know, energy generator, the ionospheric bandwidth generator. Um, and someone sabotaged it. And basically mastermind used his powers to make it looks like everything's working fine, <laughs> which I was like, excellent. I, I, like this book is doing such an amazing job of making me really turn around on characters that I was very neutral to. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't a big mastermind fan. I prefer his daughters. They're okay. better characters in my opinion, but I love him in this. And in this issue, we get the debut of Celine, who I actively disliked Oh, for a long time. You read new X-Men with me. Uh-huh. You read the wither issue. That's right. So that was a big reason why I didn't like her. And so, but she's in this. And so basically she's there as well. And she's the one who ends up saving Monet. And in a very fun way, she's very like evil and she pops the girl's telepathic inhibitor out and then shows her a true sign of hell or true vision of hell, which is dope. (laughs) So, um, and then, yeah, basically they're able to get the actual machine working and it, you know, everything seems to be fine. No one, it doesn't seem like anything's amiss to anybody else, but it was real close call. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then, Warren calls a board meeting and he's like, Trinary, can we have the room? She's like, uh, and he's like, yeah, about that. You know, you're not actually on the board and, and Monet's not happy about this, but fucking Celine's on the board. They said that they said that Trinary's criminal record is preventing her from being on the board. Right. But Celine murders people <laughs> <laughs> like she, she consumes the energy of people like that's fucked up. That's some bullshit. Was um, it? I, I loved. Uh, where is it? Uh, um, Jamie, which is like, I actually don't want to see, so she can have mine. It's like this isn't how that works. <laughs> <laughs> so they're talking about what are we going to do? This, this this group that the that Fenris is working with, this other pharmaceutical company, they're going to keep fucking with us. What do we do? And Monet, being the awesome business person that she is, says, "We make a deal. We buy them out." Basically, like, yes, those people are determined to take us down, but there are shareholders that owe more more the the company. We can buy them. And Monet's like, and this, she's describing what's happening. It's showing it happening. She's going to these guys. She's she's getting access to them. She's convincing them to sell their parts. She's not. She's not just erasing their brain and making them do it against their will. Mm-hmm. She's making them make the decision, including physically threatening one, <laughs> which does you know work, I suppose. And. And Angel's like, I don't like this idea. Let's let's put it to a vote. And then, and then of course, Angel loses. Everybody's in favor of Monet. Mm-hmm. And it's curious to point out that Celine is definitely a member of the board, according to this. So, uh huh. <laughs> so that's just a recipe for trouble. And he's like, All right, I'm outvoted. When do we start? She's like, Oh, we already did it. <laughs> <laughs> I love Monet so much. Like, she's. What if I had voted no? They're like, eh, Was it really going to happen? Like, so. <laughs> Um, and then Monet and Warren get in a fist fight and yeah. she is able to get Archangel to come out and that's cool. 
And then we're basically um, the bad guys attack uh, Madrox's lab, and they seem to gun down Madrox Prime. Yes, which I think is the first time we'll see Madrox Prime die on Krakoa. Ooh, okay. So, it's curious if there's other dupes still alive. How's that work? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. But yeah, pretty cool. I'm I'm loving the corporate espionage of it all. I love the cast. It's a really fun cast. I thought it was gonna be one of like the weaker books, but I, I've actually been like I've been enjoying this book. Madrox, man, just Madrox. Oh, absolutely! No, uh, he's been the strongest point. Like uh, all of his plot lines of like him taking this shit seriously when he gets pissed and being like, "This shit fucking mattered, yo." It's like the last issue with his kid. Oh, and then yeah, the whole kid bit. Yeah, no, it's like he's like really literally like the important part of this book. He's literally the highlight of any book he's in for me. Like (laughs) I've never seen Madrox written terrible. I'm starting to realize that. Yes. Yeah, he's just one of my favorite characters. Period. So. All right, that takes us to Marauders, 23. Uh, Written by Gary Dugan, drawn by Ivan Fiorelli, colored by Rain Barito, and lettered by Corey Petit. Um, so this is more follow-up to what happened after the Hellfire Gala. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma basically being like, I should be feeling good, but someone had to kill the Scarlet Witch. They wrecked the Marauder. Our medicines are all fucked. We can't get them to people. And... I love that it's her and Banshee. Sean, yeah. Because I shipped this so fucking hard back in the day (laughs) when they were were teaching Gen X together. Uh That was when she was still pretty evil. And I was like, he will redeem her. He will show her the good way. Like, young Keith was all about this shit. (laughs) He will fix her. Yes, exactly. Now now I obviously understand the the problems there. Oh, yeah. But I was like, oh, man. Like, I I loved it. It was so great. And also, Banshee. For all of the, not for better, but for all of the worse, it was actually a pretty cool move that um, the Gen X movie also just like had them as the, the the teachers. Yeah, like exactly. Emma, yeah, Amanda Banshee. Yeah. So, um, yeah, basically, a couple different things happen in here. There's like a, a conflict over some of the medicines, which a team of Marauders show up for, which was Emma, Kitty, Lockheed tempo yes which we're very happy to see tempo absolutely and jumbo carnation (laughs) i love jumbo so it was cool to see him actually do something like besides make clothes you know like and i like the fact that they point out like they make fun of him and and then he goes ape shit (laughs) yeah yeah he has actual powers like his power isn't making clothes um and i really like the fact that tempo's featured uh, we do know that she, you know, she didn't win the election. Yeah. Uh, for the X Men, but they make a point of it. I'm trying to find it so I could, uh, so I could read it. But they make the point that basically, yes, Tempo didn't win the election, but it's time for her. Yeah. Like she, she, she's, she could do this. You know what I mean? So, um, and I think that's really cool. And we also get the follow up on Wilhelmina, the um. The the member of what's it called? Fuck, um, Verindi, mm-hmm. the young the young Hellfire Club, that the that the cuckoos help, and we get a really cool follow up on what what happened with her and how she was damaged and stuff, and she quits Verindi, which is cool. So slowly but surely taking down her their enemies. I'm really digging this. I know we talked about Marauders at the end of X or at the end of the gala where it seems like this is an ending, uh-huh. and it was because that group's just not together anymore, right? But 
I kind of like this new direction too. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad one. I, I kind of like the open ending on on tempo. It's like maybe not necessarily like maybe if this book doesn't really fit for her, she's probably just thinking about her own thing. Like she, it wasn't like a, a for sure like yeah, sure I'll be here next issue. You know, as, as she's like mm-hmm. just thinking about it, like she saw the craziness, all the crazy shit, and like you know what, maybe maybe this path is informing, or this journey, or what they do is informing me. Maybe she'll join a different book, or maybe she'll think yeah. about it over and she will come back. But either way. I just I really like how they're actually starting to utilize her. Yeah, it is her time. Like pun intended with her powers. Um, I, I'm excited to see more of her. One thing I I think is interesting, and maybe maybe this makes sense. For a long time, the X Men book, while well, during Krakoa, was the anyone can show up book. Right. But now it's not. Mm-hmm. Now we have a defined cast. Yes. I think Marauders is now the anyone can show up book. Oh, I, I would like that. It is. Yeah. It is the adventure book too. But. So that's what I think the role is going to step into. Because I think, I mean, I loved the pirate stuff, don't get me wrong. Yes. But that mutant pirates, there's only so many stories you can tell there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This opens it up. So I really liked it. So next up, oh God. we're going to talk about a number one. The final two. <laughs> the trial of Magneto, number one. Fuck! Josue, I got this baby. Yes. I got this baby. I did get that one too. And I got the Peach Mimosa. <laughs> and that's the one I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually reserved all these. They were all in my box. Nice. Boss, or my, my buddy was like, all of them? I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, and I did. I do love that Peach Mimosa one because like, she's she's really kind of been rocking more like the pro, the portrait covers. And that's like more yeah. of a full body of, of Scarlet Witch. So I did like the, the whole design. But that other one, she's got such a gorgeous cover. Yeah. All right. Should be pointed out before I go over the creative team, this is done in the spirit of X-Factor. So this is still very much an X-Factor book. Yeah. Although, um, we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> Written by Leah Williams, drawn by Lucas Wernick, colored by Edgar Delgado, letter by Clayton Cowles. I will say it is done in the spirit of X-Factor. I, I do miss the X-Factor art a little bit. Lucas is doing a perfectly fine job. Oh, yeah. But it had a very unique look, and mm-hmm. we were so attached to that book. It's hard to see these characters look different right now. A little bit, yeah. In the same context, too. You know Absolutely. What I mean? like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. But it's it's good. It's just different. So, What made me very happy about this is, is it does open up with X-Factor doing the X-Factor thing. Yes. Like, the group is still much to, very much together. They're still doing that. So that gives me hope they will pop up in future stories, regardless if they have their own book. You it's know like- what I mean? They still serve the same role. I know that everybody's like just very much involved. It is a very heavy, heavy subject right now, but I love how peeved they are of like all the wandering eyes or all like everybody just being there. Like all the other teams, I just have no business being there as they're conducting their investigation. And they're just like, oh, do they have to be here? <laughs> yeah. So basically they do the investigation into Wanda's death and they determined somebody with magnetism did it. Someone uh, in a white clo- or white cloak with magnetism. Mm-hmm. And obviously that points straight at Magneto. But long-term comic book fans will know that could be Exodus as well. Oh. Who leads the anti-pretender thing. Uh-huh. Because he pretended to be Magneto at one point with fake magnetic powers. He's also the one that's like that. Remember a while back ago, he was the one like taking like these kids and doing like the campfire and was actually speaking. Like, them. Yeah. Doing yeah. like these like pretender speeches. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. You're right. Yeah. So I think the Exodus thing is a fake. Mm-hmm. It's a fake out. Okay. I think we're supposed to think that. Mm-hmm. I was briefly worried and this sounds ridiculous. 
but I was briefly worried it was Mercury. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because of the way the way it looked in that one shot where the metal's going around her wrists, oh, it looks like liquid metal. Yeah. And I was like, why would Mercury kill Wanda? That doesn't make sense. He's shut up. So, um, basically, it we're investigating it, and we have to have a, a vote as to who or as to whether Wanda will be resurrected because she's not a true mutant. Yeah, but there is a backup for An her, old backup, which is interesting. Yeah, probably pre House of X. I mean, not House of X, but probably pre um, House of M. House of M. Thank you. Fuck. Like a wonder without that guilt or not really like, okay, I can't go that far. I can't break that far. Oh, oof. but it would also not have the self-control. Yeah. That's interesting to me. That was a cool tease. And, um, they have a vote over it. And I was very surprised by the results of this vote. Mm-hmm. Um, the only people in favor were Kitty, Kurt, and Magneto. Yeah, basically Magneto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xavier was opposed. Emma was opposed. Storm. Storm was opposed. That's a big one. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of like, um, wow, this is brutal. So um, I love that Kurt was for it because, of course, Kurt was for it. He's the best person on the planet. <laughs> yeah. So and then Magneto and, and Charles have a confrontation. Um X Factor is trying to arrest him, but we get a little tease also um, that uh, Tommy went to go see her body, mm-hmm. and it's covered in roots, like plant life and roots of some sort. Like so, Krakoa is like absorbing her, Nur- yeah, nur- right, nurturing so, her. I'm kind of curious as to what because that might t- give us a tease as to what's going to happen. So yeah. And then after they determine they're not going to resurrect her, we have to find out what happened. And the X-Men show up to tell the Avengers. We see Vision get, you know, take it really hard. Oh, because he notices Nemo. flowers too on the gates. Yeah, that was a cool. It was Wanda's mm-hmm. favorite flowers, you know, and stuff like that. So that's another thing. She's being absorbed into Krakoa. Oh, God. Yeah, fucking hey, the the flat. Oh, my God. Why would it trigger that way instead of just like, oh, she's dead. So, yeah, no. Why would it trigger that? Oh, my God. Yeah. So... And I love this. They're they're trying to fight Magneto, and he's fucking wrecking them. Oh yeah, which is great. And someone starts using magnetics, and he's like, "Attempt to use my powers against me." Thinks it's cinch, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Show yourself, power leech." And he's like, "Come out, face me like a man." And Polaris comes out, his oh, daughter. I hate this moment. I hate this next part. It's so good. And they just have this fight, and she's like, "You know, you tried to break me." She talks about like all the broken women he's left behind in his yeah. life and stuff. He says, you killed her. And they're just about to stop him when all of a sudden he just starts getting punched in the, or no, he disappears. Mm -hmm. And then it cuts to him just getting the shit kicked out of him. And it's Pietro. Yeah. Holy fuck. And I love that. I knew, I always knew it would be you. I always knew it would be you who killed her. Just like you always talked about doing. It's like, fuck dude. Like, this is intense. Mm-hmm. And so they finally capture him. They have him in the healing gardens. And the book ends in two things that just plucked at me. The first thing was the original Brotherhood of Mutants, except for Magneto and Wanda, uh-huh. which is Blob, Toad, Mastermind, and Quicksilver. 
in the Green Lagoon and they share a drink. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that nearly broke me. I'm not even joking. And then the other thing is, we see all this. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> oh, I know. Like, Wanda is like, I'm not dead. In this ether. Yeah, I know I'm not dead. And then it's like, there's, there's plants everywhere. So, yes, I mean, I assume she was absorbed in a Krakoa. Right. I mean, and like, we see this, we see the white hood figure with maybe the murder weapon, but the fact that she's like in white and then from like the stab, then she starts getting like the Scarlet Witch look. Mm-hmm. Like, why, why? It's all like symbolism, it's all metaphor. Like, what the fuck does it all mean? That last page was just like, where is she going? Yeah. Is she so being absorbed through, through Krakoa so she can actually be rewritten as a mutant? I thought about that. Like a retcon on the and retcon? If, if Krakoa could make humans into mutants, that's a whole nother fucking thing. Oh my god. <laughs> the children that of the just Adam. adds a whole nother layer to the Krakoa problem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. How will humans react when they find out that they can be changed into mutants? Some will want it. Some will want it destroyed. I mean, we see how hard they're trying to hide the fact that they can be resurrected right now because I mean, humans will not take that very well. Right. So, fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. I cannot wait to see where this goes. Leah's got me hooked. I know. I mean, like, the, the last, the last, there's like these ominous words, like, I died and yet I know I'm not dead. And then the actual last page are like these symbols. And then with just, yes. where am I? Like, what? It's, it's like, is this her test to, to, to run the head of X, you know? <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. But no, I, I, obviously, it's a book that we've been waiting for. Like, ever since it was yeah. announced, it's like, what the fuck is it all going to mean? And now, like, we're here, and this is huge. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of huge, last book. Yeah. The Way of X, number five, the finale of the mini. And it's actually a great segue because it was because of how much um, I missed the artwork. I actually had to go with the variant. Because it's uh, the X Factor artist. Oh, David Baldian. Yeah. Nice. I didn't see that variant. I want to get that now. Um, written by Cy Spurrier. Art by Bob Quinn. Colored by Hava Tartaglia. Letter by Clayton Cowles. Of course, I got the cover A, but you know I got my girl Loa. Yes, I had to and, get it too. <laughs> and it's time for me to reveal to our audience that <laughs> I am... Um, I have spent more money on a single issue of a comic book this week than I have any other comic book except one instance. Whew. And that was when I bought the first appearance of Rogue. <laughs> <laughs> Worth it. I, I spent hundreds on that. Wow. I'll tell you that. But, it's, but I got it signed by Chris Claremont Ooh. and Michael Golden. Amazing. It's easily the jewel of my collection. I have <laughs> certificates of authentication. It's perfect. Great. It's in great condition. It's going to get sealed. It's going to be on the wall. Oh, that's great. So, But I did buy the Virgin Loa cover. Which ran me, uh, I'll reveal, ran me just over 80 bucks. Oh my God. So I saw it at my shop, like that one. And, like the, the Virgin Car was like, fuck, 75. I got some new picture. Like, whew, buddy. <laughs> yeah. I haven't received it yet. It's in the mail. Mm-hmm. If it comes in creased, I'm going to go to the store in Burbank, California, where it came from, and I'm going to beat the shit out of the people. Ooh, <laughs> motherfuckers. Yeah. So, but, anyways, let's talk about the book itself. Yes. So this is the conclusion of Nightcrawler's story of him looking into the morality of Krakoa, examining the laws of Krakoa, yeah. working with Legion, discovering Onslaught. Um, 
it's just it's just so fucking good so we're leaving off or we're coming back when the green lagoon was destroyed right and because uh, zorn and legion the zorns and legion killed everybody there because they were all infected by onslaught and they were about to attack and xavier confronts legion and in very non-xavier way like very aggressive very emotional he used to be like that like in the 90s and the early 2000s uh-huh but that was right before onslaught yeah and so it was like oh he's kind of out of control as of late he's been really in control even when he's like does really questionable things he does it really coldly yeah oh i mean like the what about the whole like, what about her you know like yeah, he just stood yeah. there but this he seems like genuinely angry yeah and emotional and then we also have Krakoa or Krakoa, Nightcrawler with um with Lost and fucking Fabian Cortez. Oh boy, the, the biggest piece of shit in the world. And <laughs> I love it because Nightcrawler has just had it up to here. Mm-hmm. Like so much shit has gone wrong in his life lately, and he's just he's had to kill a copy of Legion with a gun. Like so much shit has happened, and he's like, "You two fucking hate each other." Fine here. And he does the whole scorpion and the frog thing. He teleports them into the atmosphere and drops them. And he's like, all right, um, you're falling to your deaths. Lost has gravity powers. She can slow descent, your descent, um, except um, you turned off her powers. So you you have to turn off her powers and trust her that she's going to save you. <laughs> it's basically like you have to trust each other. And um, yeah. <laughs> It's just cool. Basically, it puts them in a moral quandary. Uh, you'll figure out the the resolution of that yourselves. Read the book. But I absolutely love the Nightcrawler. Uh, when you diminish other mutants, when you harm them without their consent in body or mind, you're breaking the law, and I will judge you. <laughs> like, I was like, fuck yes. Kurt's finally lost it, man. And so that's when we get the big onslaught reveal. Yeah. Um, and yeah, really cool. And then we find out that Phobos, was it Phobos? Yeah, Phobos, the, the moon Phobos mm-hmm. uh, above Mars is falling onto Mars. And I love it because everybody's freaking out except, of course, some of the Arakoans who are just like, bring it on, motherfucker. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's <laughs> the ones that were complaining like that the sand wasn't bad. Like the sand. Right. Like, are you kidding me? Like, it's the same ones. You know what it is. <laughs> so, um, Basically, there's no way to stop it. No one's got. No one's really that powerful. That's there. And then Nightcrawler says, "Boost me, Oof. overload me. I can do it." And he overloads Nightcrawler, and he fucking teleports to the moon. <laughs> he bamps the moon as it's, it's falling into orbit. It's literally on fire. It's one of those like it's gonna destroy Mars. And in yeah. four teleportations, as it's clutching onto this piece of rock, he puts it yeah. back where it belongs. Amazing! I actually got emotional reading this because I knew he was going to die, but I know it's going to get resurrected. I know that. But but the problem it. is, is we found out that's how onslaught gets in. Yes, the resurrection process. Yeah. And so when he dies, he comes back, and we get this eerie shot of all of them with the onslaught things over them, mm-hmm. and everybody has been infected with onslaught. And it's just like, like the only person who hasn't is Cortez, (laughs) who's a vegetable, 
And Lost hasn't been brought back. I don't see her there. Yeah, not yet, no. So are Cortez and Lost going to have to work together? Stop Onslaught? (laughs) Like, fuck. Yeah, what did you think of that moment where, like, at this point, it was going to be resting on Fabian? Like, it was heavy. It was like, why him? But, of course, it would be like, how is he going to play that role? I don't think it'll really rest on him. I think he will be the one to reveal it to somebody else. Okay. They're not going to make Fabian Cortez a good guy. Uh Uh-huh. He's too racist. (laughs) (laughs) He's just too much. So, um, I think it's really interesting. I think we're going to have to figure out who... And also, remember how Quentin kept dying a bunch? I was bringing him up. And they made the bit about how he has time missing. Oh, yeah. It's because of Onslaught. They made that point. Onslaught takes little bits of you Mm -hmm. each time it resurrects you. That's fucked up, dude. He was definitely the first one that came to mind. Like, damn, how dark. And he's like the one that's been like struggling with with his own inner demons. And we had a whole arc about that. And now I guess like we just made more room for Onslaught. Yeah, dude. Like so crazy. So really good. Yeah. Those last two books, especially Way of X and Trial Magneto. Just, oh. Absolutely. Fucking great. I cannot wait. So that's the end of our books for the week. That's what you got. Anything else? Um. No, that, that that was it. That was it for my books, too. All right, great. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on We Have Issues. We always appreciate having you here. To check us out, you can check us out on geekelitemedia.com. On Twitter, you can check us out at geekelitemedia. The show itself is at WHI Podcast. I'm at WHI Podcast Keith. Our producer, Liz, is at WHI Podcast Liz. And Josue is at Josue Reads Josue. Make sure to check out our other show as well, Jukebox Vertigo where we continuously make playlists based on random categories, usually with guests. Our next episode at time of recording is going to be 90s hip hop, which is a very important episode for us because it's where we started. Yes. It's the first category we ever did. And my picks are not the same. Ooh, and I'm cool. very excited. Oh, nice. Um, so, and join us there. We're going to have some guests, hopefully, and uh, a lot of fun, as always. So you can check us out that at, at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter as well. And again, thank you so much for joining us. We always appreciate you. And don't forget to geek out. This concludes our broadcast.